Now. Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. It's the Ron Fez Show. Lots coming up today. Uh, for one, I'm still alive in the elimination pool. Thank you, Buckaroos. You played like shite, but you won in the end. The guy blood pulled out. I have now beat 2,000 people. That fucking must feel good. At only four weeks in. Who's still alive in our in our gang? I'm still in. I didn't know that you were still in, Zietz. Still in. Wow. All right. Um... Oh, so pepper. we are three of the uh, about one-third survivors. I think we're thousand and change survivors. I'm in the bum pool. That's where I am. Yeah, but you're with the majority. <laughs> well, I guess that's good for once. <laughs> I just couldn't get used to football without Hank Jr. singing. <laughs> I was, I'm out now. For, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't ready last night. I wasn't ready for some football. You know, the Bucks. it's been eight years since they get a Monday night football game. Mm. And they don't get Hank Jr. singing their name. That one that, line of the song where it's like, the Bucks and the Colts are going at it tonight. Yeah, and we all know this song. Uh, I was amazingly thankful that it wasn't there and have long despised the opening to that show. Hank the Second. And I hope he uh, comes out today, says something about the Pope's dick. I hope he says that he's glad Casey killed that baby down in Florida. I hope he just keeps saying the most controversial shit. Maybe he'll start screaming winning and start to work. Now, I imagine country radio is just burning his albums because we are at war, and he said something about the president. Uh So just like they did for Natalie Maine, I bet... Oh. The conservatives are just having a fit out there today and mm. lighting old albums on fire that they haven't played in 25 years. Um, we've got a guest coming very, very quickly today. It's uh, Laura Dern. Uh, you know her from uh, the David Lynch movies, uh, Hicks's favorite films of all time, Jurassic Park. I love that first one. And second one, and, and the third, third one. And so I like the coming. one that the raptor was sitting next to him in the airplane when he woke up. I don't know which one that was. I think it was Rocky IV, when Ro- when Rocky fought a raptor. Uh, they just never got nicer. Well, no, they're prehistoric lizards. Uh, how can they be prehistoric if they're around today? Well, they originated. And, but first of all, let's say something else. They're not prehistoric. They're part of history. Okay. If anything, I would just call those dinosaurs historic, or big lizards, giant scary lizards, or non-fire breathing dragons. So Laura Dern uh, will be here in just seconds, uh, playing in a new HBO uh, called uh, Enlightened. Uh, like everything HBO does, you find yourself going, "Hey, is this uh, 
character even nice? Is there any <laughs> reason why I'm following this? HBO goes out of their way to have characters like you're like, oh, I don't know if this is a good person. Yeah, they're not even an anti-hero. They're just anti. They're just fucking terrible human beings and nothing redeeming about them. Uh, which one of the Lu- oh, Luke Wilson is in this? Nice. Uh, but he's puffy faced Luke Wilson. Oh. He's going with a whole. He kind of looks more like Carl Wilson. I don't know if that means anything to anybody outside of Ken Shane. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Charlie. Charlie, you're on Fez. Ronnie, I love Laura Dern. She's one of the prettiest women in the entire world. What is the Nick Cage movie with Isabel Rossellini? Is that one of the David Lynch movies? Well, first of all, you've got two confused. They're both David Lynch movies. You're, the one with Nick Cage is Wild at Heart. The one with Isabel Rossellini is Blue Velvet. Uh, which well, now... Sure she's not, you sure Isabel's not in both movies? You know what? She might have a small part in Wild at Heart. You might be right about that. I'm going to have Hicks check this in an IMDb right away. Love you, Ronnie B. All right, peace. Zeets, you got an answer on me? Yeah. Perdita Durango. Yeah, she has a very small part. You're right. As well as Willem Dafoe when he's taking a piss and he goes, Now you're going to hear the long, deep sounds. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's the best. Sailor, baby, I'm right over that rainbow. I want you to take me right over that rainbow, Sailor Baby. Um, it's a very uncomfortable show, but I, I really dug, dug it in a big way. Enlightened. Yeah. Uh, now, Mike White is uh, kind of co-producer, uh, has written a bunch of the episodes, and you know him from uh, Chuck and Buck. Remember that oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck oh. and fuck with Chuck and Buck. <laughs> He's a fucking strange dude. He actually, he did another thing with Laura Dern, too. I'll have to ask her about. Uh, a movie where she had something to do with pets. Really? Look it up real quick before we bring her in. Uh, Enlightened, starring Laura Dern, uh, premieres this Monday, October 10th, 930. You're, on- you're the dog? You're the dog. Very good call. Uh, on HBO, it's not TV, it's HBO. Let's bring her in, Laura Dern. Studio, Laura Dern is in studio with us. Uh, Enlightened yes. HBO, and it's a very strange, haunting little thing that you've got on there. Um, do you like your character? I love her. Yeah. Oh my god, I love her so much. I can't tell you. Um, Amy Jellico is a rager, uh, but more than anything, she's outraged, which I think a lot of us can find um, extremely relatable. She's very much on the edge uh, so far that she actually needs kind of a reprogramming goes exactly. on for her, and swings from one side to the other very quick. Exactly. There's no gray area None. in this woman's life. But you kind of, you you guys kind of feel like this is um, 
kind of about the way people live. A lot of people are living today. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all are. Uh, to quote Network, mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And we've been sitting around in this country for the last twelve years or so uh, with some cultural apathy mm-hmm. and not thinking getting in the street can make much of a difference and um, I think there are those of us like Amy who want that to mean something so she is going to say what she feels she's going to do it probably extremely poorly Uh, she's going to feel everything in an enormous way and screw up probably almost every area of her life. But she wants balance, right? I mean, she desperately wants balance. Exactly, but she longs for it. And, you know, I think she goes about it in ways that uh, I love and I love in the writing because I think it's very human that she wants balance by projecting that balance onto her ex-husband addict and her mother who is incapable of showing her affection and her you know, greed-based corporation. So it's just where she's trying to put that balance is not really listening. Yeah, she actually wants the world to change all around her. She wants everybody to make giant changes so that she can finally feel good about herself. Now, you're talking about taking to the streets, but you're in New York now, and we 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 take it to the streets. I there. love it. There is a constant <laughs> amount of people protesting one thing or another here. Yeah. Uh, not the least of which is the giant rat that they'll put out in front of <laughs> The union guys have this giant rat, and they just go out and beat on stuff. And I, I, it always makes me feel good when I walk past the giant rat. Uh, me too, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I say march on Wall Street. Do whatever you need to do. It's time we start, you know. Well, we had the march trouble. on Wall Street, the, uh, which uh, apparently is not going to stop. This is going to go on for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, maybe forever. And then there was a great one the other day in the village called Slut Walk, where the girls dressed slutty. I'm talking about thousands, because they said they're tired of the legal system blaming victims for yes. the way they were dressed or how drunk they were. So I don't know about the rest of the country, but New York is ready to say I'm uncomfortable with this. It's so beautiful. We love <laughs> New York. I'm moving here tomorrow. Now, it is that for you as a person is something you think Americans need to do more of. Whether Absolutely. it's Tea Party, whoever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think, you know, what happened in Egypt recently showed us that, you know, anyone can use their voice and affect massive change, which is incredible. Right. I, I, I feel like this is, you know, our generation, the generation, you know, before us, people ha- are just have forgotten that. It's really odd. So it's coming back. We're, we're all uh, getting into our New York sensibility. The uh, You're doing this with uh, Mike White, who you've worked with before, who is... I'm going to use bizarre as a compliment here, yeah, but please. he is com- he's incredibly bizarre and really walks a line with almost everything that he does. Yeah, it's incredible. He's such a, f- I mean, he's hilariously funny writer, but it always has, you know, edge and complication and, uh, and, you know, deep flaw in his characters. I mean, I think most notably people know him from writing and acting in School of Rock, mm-hmm. um, but all of his work as a writer and director and now creator of the show, he, uh, you know, he lives in the gray. And it's and it's funny, as you said, to take a character who it has to be this or has to be that, but it's like right. the, the writing sensibility is, you know, unfortunately life doesn't work that way. Funny and uncomfortable, I funny think. Funny and uncomfortable. Is, is a place that he works, uh, walks all the time. And with your character, we don't know whether she's going to end up okay or... You know, maybe in a loony bin by the time this is over. Probably both. Yeah. Like, 
You know, I think she'll always have both. And that's a fun place for you to work. I know the David Lynch films is what most people knew you from at first. And uh, there's no stranger films. There's no more films that, that you'll watch, sit, discuss, and go, wait, did that happen? Go back and have to watch again over and over. So you've always been drawn to this kind of thing. I have been, and I've always been drawn to, you know, deeply... Um, complicated people because mm-hmm. i think most people are complicated and are all things and capable of all things as we know and trying to find the uh the room for empathy for an audience within that character i mean uh you know, most notably, which is what sort of then started my relationship with HBO, I did recount for HBO and played Secretary of State Catherine Harris, which was a really interesting challenge for me because I had a lot of opinions going in and, uh, you know, wanted to understand somebody I didn't have a lot of understanding room for. Um, and it's, it's just great. It's awesome to get to be an actor for that very reason. So you have to figure out exactly why they make the decisions that they make, not whether or not you agree with them. Exactly. But there is some kind of logic even in a villain. A villain, I don't think, sets out to uh, play like the old style, I'm going to be the evil villain and destroy the world. They normally have a tendency, I I guess, to think that they're doing something correct. It's interesting. I feel so lucky to be raised by my parents on an artistic level because my mother, Diane Ladd, who's Mm -hmm. actually in this show with me, who's such a great actor. The first couple episodes is only very small, but... She's phenomenal. She's so phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you. And and my father, Bruce Dern, both of them, when I was a kid, especially during the 70s, were making movies with incredible filmmakers and stories where the very thing you describe was the essence of their acting ability, most notably my dad in Coming Home, which is one of my favorite movies, you know, plays a man coming back from war. And we have really complicated feelings about him. Um, and he's neither a bad guy nor a good guy. I mean, we both, we're, we're penetrated by feeling both things about him. And he shot and killed John Wayne. So well, the inter- we're always having complicated yeah. feelings about Bruce Dern. But. Well, the interesting thing, too, about him and coming home is I think if they would have followed his character, we would have pulled for him more because he was in such pain. Exactly. But we're like, well, we want Jane Fonda to be happy. We want John Voight to be happy. Exactly. Uh, which was always the great thing, I think, about those 70s movies oh, that you brought up. That, so incredible. Uh We really didn't know at the end. And at a certain point, somewhere during the 80s, we decided we we want black and white movies. We need to know. Yeah. Reaganomics, baby. Yeah. We got to know everything up front. Yeah, and we got to feel, you got to leave the theater feeling really good. And then you don't have those after discussions, because what is there to discuss? Exactly. Yeah, Tom Cruise won Top Gun. Good. But why that was happening, you and David Lynch were making really Strange, strange films. Thank uh, God for yeah. David. Yeah. David Altman. You know, there were yeah. a few, Jonathan Demi, you know, there were these filmmakers who were going to still make their movies and tell their stories, which was really exciting. And now I think HBO um, is really become that sensibility. They, right. They're sort of, I keep saying they're the United Artists of the 70s. I mean, they've kind of come in and said, we want artists to come and play in the gray yeah. again. And it's a great home to be and get to uh, explore without some uh, predefined idea of what 
anybody's supposed to be like. Well, there's no doubt that this is something like an independent film as a TV series. So, I mean, you could easily see this as an independent film, but now we're going to follow. How many episodes a year are you going to do? Ten. Ten. Or this season is ten, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty usual, I think, for them, between eight and ten. And the idea of corporate uh, America... um, is always so strange, isn't it? I mean, so it's strange. Yeah, and it's so fun. I I love and I and I love how Mike sort of portrayed it in this first season. It definitely establishes this company that I've, you know, probably started as a receptionist working for, and after fifteen years, still am just at a mid-level job in health and beauty at best but it's this giant corporation and you hear that they're working in health and beauty and pharmaceuticals so there's meds and there's this other division that's big food clean meds is this one company under it and and that's what it all feels like it's like what do these people do anyway mm-hmm. and where's this money going and oh yeah i heard there was some kind of uh oil pipeline something didn't they have something to do with that but they make food <laughs> I just, right. I, I, so I, I think it's perfectly uh, expressed that you kind of don't even know what they're up to but she will explore ultimately that explore that look yeah. into corporate America oh yeah big time uh, which we now have just decided is completely normal I mean the fact that you know there's no kind of really debating that if you do something for money America goes, oh, well, that's why they did it. They have to make a profit. Yeah. Uh, we don't sit around and go, is there even another system? I mean, Obama, who I, th- I, you know, being called a socialist is almost hysterical to me because I see him as, you know, pretty much a, a good friend of big business. I really do. And yet, this is as far left as we can possibly get these yeah. days. Yeah. Obama is a freak, you know, with, with normal people. It's just incredible, too, because he's, yeah, I mean, more than I think we've seen, he's reaching to the other side. He's mm-hmm. trying to be a centrist in some ways to get anything pushed forward. I mean, you know, the fact that any president on either side has to battle for our children to be covered to have health care right. is insane. Yeah. It's actually insane. Why is that a conversation? But yet it's a conversation. And it's an argument and it's an attack and it's a battle and nothing gets achieved. It just seems like I, I don't I don't know how anything gets done. Well anymore. to me it's almost like if we'd have to uh, argue if children would get police uh, you know, care. Like, yeah. should the police protect? Exactly. You know, if there's a fire, should anybody show? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it all seems like it's under the same thing, and yet, uh, and I'm sure there. Obviously, if you believe the polls, there's a lot of people who disagree with me, but the the debate is almost just shouting in this country. Yeah. Now. It's no longer people talking. Yeah. Um, I in the background uh, of all this, it's still about this one person, though, isn't it? It's still about, I mean, the way that you're telling the story, and, uh, you know, we can make it as large as we want, but it really comes down to this one woman who represents this unease that a lot of people are feeling. And, and it's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's called Enlightened and ver- for a very irreverent reason, mm-hmm. because she is a rager. And, and, you know, in some ways, is the opposite of the word on every level. But what I love is there's also a, a, 
deep, earnest place that we come from when we say that she is longing for something mm-hmm. larger, a deeper understanding and, and some sense of self-worth, which I think, you know, at its core is the problem in everything, that we don't have it, and so we're longing for you know, more them to do this so we can then finally be what? You yeah, know, like exactly. We're, we're waiting for all these things to fall into place so we can feel enough. And so she is on a journey, hopefully toward uh, her own, you know, self-discovery. But in fact, she comes back into that place of I'm going to affect change by changing my mother, changing my ex, you know, addict yeah. ex-husband, changing my corporation. And those things are... Uh, tough places to do your work yeah even though she's enlightened in kind of a more of a a new age way we all have had friends that have been born again who it's constantly talking about it or a guy gets out of rehab and it's just yeah you know i would have been drinking you know we know we know just settle into it (laughs) exactly settle in but it does take you know change even change that feels immediate takes years no matter who it's for just yeah. when we think, isn't it great that like I've changed my pattern and like now you and I are talking and I'm mm-hmm. listening to you. And just as I'm saying it, I'm like gone. I'm not listening. I'm doing the same shit I've been doing for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, hard to be a person. <laughs> when it is, it really is so difficult hard. To, to make it through the whole thing. And I always think that just about the time that people find any kind of wisdom is where they go, all right, well, then society will go, well, then you're no longer needed. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, as soon yeah. as people go, hey, I don't really need to have the latest computer or whatever that's coming out. That's when they go, okay, then we're not going to listen to you anymore. It's so crazy. I mean, we've got it all screwed up. Now. Yeah. Just the concept of age that now women in politics, it used to be to be a woman in politics, you have to prove that you're wise enough by being older Mm-hmm. to know enough to be in politics and now there's like Botox right. to say I'm young and hot so that I'm smart enough to <laughs> help <laughs> a state get out of you know being bankrupt I, I'm not sure how that works but you know it's all oh, it's just insane and we put grandparents and you know forget about them in old people's homes when they're the, probably the only ones with a few answers you know if the Botox stuff even worked I'd probably be a, a fan but the fact that it doesn't I don't know why everyone keeps making the same mistake with it all I can say is the poster for our show is definitely my anti-Botox contribution <laughs> <laughs> um, it is definitely a statement about uh, women being themselves even if it looks Terrifying. Uh, I'm, I'm you, very refreshed to be in a poster like that. You also have uh, Luke uh, Wilson in this with you, who is going in a different direction than uh, I think I've ever seen him go before because he's the charm thing is out the window. Oh, yeah. In this. It's so raw. And I mean, he's naturally so funny, but he's, you know, really. Uh, Exposing a very damaged right. person who's who's equally broken as Amy in to, in a totally different way, and and has a lot of rage himself. But and it's funny how, you know, your anger can be buried by your rager partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an interesting dynamic that the woman's the one that's so out of control, so right. he can sort of get away with being his own version of it. And yeah, yeah, that is true because men are honestly. Uh, attracted somewhat to crazy women because I think it makes everything else in life like 
what can I do? Look yeah. at her. You yeah. Know? The more she acts like, I'm just a regular guy just having a beer here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're going to get credit broad, for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. Well, it's uh, HBO enlightened uh, Laura Dern, who I already brought up, has done such great work in so many yeah. different uh, films over the years, and managed to keep it uh, somewhat steady. At oh, least from the outside, nice does, it, hear. does it feel like that? Or I, I think I've been blessed by directors that I love and admire wanting to work with me over the years. So I've been with these amazing, amazing artists, and so that's that's made me uh, get a free ride, if you will. Is it always about the director first for you when you're picking something, or it really is? I mean, I've worked with directors on their first film, but you know, um, Alexander Payne's first movie, Citizen Ruth, he never directed, but I just knew from the script that he and Jim Taylor wrote that it was, you know, just a And he's never piece. made anything bad since. No. I mean, since never. he started, like, every film, he's taken uh, some time off, and everyone's like, go ahead, take your time, because we're waiting. Dude. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Every movie is just beautiful and, and wonderfully irreverent and sad and all those great things. So you got to work with so many great people. It's so lucky. Yeah. Really, really lucky. And play, you know, wonderfully complicated people who aren't easy. And uh, I, I just learn a lot more as an actor that way. So I, I just, I hope I get to play, continue to get to play people like this. I, I'm, I can't wait to see what the feedback was. I enjoyed the first couple episodes so much. It's Enlightened. Uh, it premieres this Monday, October 10th at 9.30 on HBO. Different, I think, than any other show out there. So it would be great to see how this plays out for you. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming in, Laura. Thank you. See you Thanks next for time. the time. Awesome. That was no simulation. I know. I suffered on I have been to the dark side. I have seen a world that no man should see. Really, for most people, it's a rather pleasant experience. I mean... That portal is mine, and it must be sealed forever for the love of God. Fez show on uh, let's say Friday. Today's Tuesday. Oh, it's going slow then. This week has gone very, very slow. Yesterday was Monday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Mm -hmm. That's how the week works. What do you think of that Laura Dern? Lover. Funky, sexy, kind of a funky, sexy oh, thing going she's on. She's great. Loved her in the Blue Velvet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. Love during everything, actually. Yeah, I'm not going to say uh, because well because it's been a long time. But she actually played a friend of mine in a movie, oh, in shit. a biopic. Um, but that person didn't kind of want to be that known for it because they kind of live a double life. Oh, um, but I brought it up, and she was. We were just sharing some wacky <laughs> stories. Uh, but you know the David Lynch films are so crazy. Remember that day we had David Lynch in, and he just oh, yeah. talked. 
he looks like a straight guy and then kind of talks so strange that he's like a David Lynch film walking around. Oh, without a doubt. He's fucking great. Yeah, he was, well, he was, I think he was pushing, um, um, meditation music? Yeah, it was, yeah. Ever, no, just meditation itself. He's okay. part of that university somewhere oh. in the middle of the country. Okay. Um, but he had me thinking, like, when he left, like, I'd like to start meditating more. Oh, yeah, transcendental. I like to meditate in front of TV. Laura Dern was saying in the hallway that uh, they're coming out with, I guess, an anniversary edition of Blue Velvet. I'll have to get an anniversary cake for him. With uh, 24 minutes of lost footage that David From Lynch... the TV show Lost? No, no. Because that would uh, be great. They just started adding the smoke monster. Footage that David Lynch didn't realize that he had. All right, here's my thing. I kind of like that too much. To me, if the film I see is the film, the first time. I don't like when they go back and add deleted scenes. Like when I watch Almost Famous, I don't like the one with the extended scenes. It's almost famous. That that too, but it's almost it's almost never good because I want that. You thank the DVD for that because it's ever since every DVD they'll just throw extras on to, to fucking justify charging more. Yeah, but I, even beyond that, I don't know if I like to. I kind of like to see the film the way it was the first time. You know, it's not like a, a concert where you go out and do a different kind of live version of it, yeah. you know? I kind of feel like that day that the film comes out, you've got the shot to do the film. And everyone's always saying, you got to see the other Blade Runner. Yeah, I'll go, the oh my Blade God, there's Runner. so many fucking versions of Blade Runner. I was, I'm just going to watch the first version of Blade Runner. That's I, the one I saw. I like the voiceover. <laughs> I do. I do, too. <laughs> Come on. I'm not one of those people. I, I have a friend who says she won't watch a film if it has voiceover. She despises voiceover. Oh, come on. Voiceover's great. I'm a big fan. I'll just say who my friend's name is, Solera. Oh. So she says I, she despises Goodfellas because of the stupid voiceover. Now, I get it because in real life, voiceover doesn't happen. <laughs> no. You know? But I can accept it. Yeah. Like you're friends with the narrator. I don't know, though. Like, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. That, that had a lot of voiceover. It was my favorite part of the movie, actually, Downey Jr. I am a big fan of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But now, what you like about it? Would you like to see them come back with more scenes, no voiceover? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm happy with what I saw. Yeah. I noticed, Fez, that you threw this out here, and then you stayed a little quiet about extended scenes. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind them. Show, tell me a movie that ma it made better for you. Um. Ooh, all right. I um, the Superman movies. I didn't know that they did extended versions. He's faster than two speeding bullets. See, that's too fast as far as I'm concerned. That is like if a fucking speeding bullet shot a speeding bullet. Uh, Morgan, you're on a fuss. What about the uh, Lord of the Rings? The extended one blows the theatrical version away. Well, I, I couldn't even make it through the theatrical version. How can that movie get longer? It does. <laughs> it, lasts, it lasts as long as your life, is what they've basically said. So it's in literal real time. Yes. <laughs> like, there's... I saw eight hours of it that was just Hobbit sleeping. Oh, fuck. I'm like, where are they going to wake up? Like, do a montage or something. Um, Robbie... Robbie, you're on my yeah. Hey, yeah, I was just calling to let you know they're not actually adding that those deleted scenes back into the original cut of the film. They're just including those as bonus. I also so. don't like that either, though. Yeah, I stopped fucking after the first few times I tried that on TV. Like, fuck this! This it looks they look like shit. They never look good. The sound yeah, isn't I good. know. You're right. 
And I remember even seeing that for like older films, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, just suddenly has some fucking other scenes. And I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Saturday Night Live right now. I don't feel like I'm watching the real movie. I feel like somebody's doing an impression of the movie. Yeah, it's no good. They were on the cutting from, from floor for a reason. I like that Lauren Dern, though. No, she's cool as shit. It's a very weird show. Uh, that she's doing, I'm really interested to see. Like, sometimes I think that people will gladly put up with crazy guy shows. I think they struggle with uh, female shows. You know what I mean? But I could be wrong. Comfortable. They're not as comfortable. Well, you are uncomfortable watching this. You kind of feel like, I want her to get straightened out. No, no. But Cable will say, this is a show about a fucked up person. Like, Showtime has Californication. Yeah. That dude's fucked up. He's he's shot. And I, I'll watch every one of it a lot more than I'll, you know, that I can tell you even why. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, are you a bad person? <laughs> dude. Come dude. on. The fuck? And there's Jackie's show. She's totally fucked in the head. Shameless. That's an entire family of just terrible people. No, they don't give a fuck. All right. Ro just uh, wrote... Oh. I hope Ron is in a better mood today and that the sun shines brightly on Fez. Was I in a bad mood yesterday? I don't think so. I think that's just Ro trying to start shit again. I'm trying to think. I can never remember my yesterdays. <laughs> I think it was just when I played a bad Bowie song. Oh, or no. I was just doing the gimmick of trying to fuck up the oh. interview. That was just me. Oh, like theater of the mind. Let, yeah, I wasn't going to let Fez... But what would be great if Fez gives me a great interview before Jay? <laughs> You weren't into it anyway, were you? Well, I was having trouble thinking of questions. Well, you don't know Very me that well. You don't know my work. So, obviously, it's going to be di difficult. Well, th now I feel like maybe I ruined that for Fez. And I want the sun to shine brightly on Fez today, too. Um, ban your arm on Fez. All right, now I'm not going to talk to you. Bob, your arm on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, the new Blu-ray for in, in George Lucas's continued effort to ruin the Star Wars uh, trilogies. He in the Blu-ray dubbed in the word "no" and Darth Vader throws the Emperor. No. <laughs> and it wasn't there before. It was a powerful scene without it. He doesn't say anything, and, and it just kills it. Like I don't, I don't know. He, he, he I think he's. I think he's on a mission just to destroy the Star Wars trilogy. Well, see, I you know, let's take it back to that. Even with the David Lynch, when Fez said they're going to put in twenty four extra minutes, I'm probably I'm happy with the film that I have. Now that doesn't mean that David Lynch doesn't have a right to do, you know, to go out and do it. It is Lucas. I don't know what his OCD is that he keeps doing it, but it doesn't ruin Star Wars for me because. Well, this isn't 1977, and I already had the experience. I want him to continue doing it even crazier, because now it's just fucking funny. It's just like, what, the, the no thing it was the last straw. If you're a fucking fan of Star Wars, how could you even take it seriously anymore? What it's, if he just... crazy. I want him to just re... Like, go in and re-fucking do it somehow. Photoshop it. <laughs> so instead of the two robots, it's Zach Galifianakis and Jack Black. And they're way funnier... <laughs> And, you know, they're fartier, and they're just... I think that's fucking perfect. He has access to I think it's on its way. Uh, David, you're in front of Fez. Yeah, hi. Maybe I'm going back a little bit. But uh, if the one film I've seen 
benefits in the longer version because I have no idea. What are you talking about? What film? The Abyss. Oh, The Abyss? The Abyss. Here, here's the weird thing. I think the first time I saw The Abyss was the extended Abyss. Like, I didn't see it when it came out. I didn't see it first in DVD. So that's all I know it by. So the extended is my original. Yeah. Was that one where they changed the ending to it? Yeah. Okay. They just added a little... What they did, instead of leaving it up in the air, he had some money to sh to show you, hey, things are changing all over the earth, not just under the water. All right? So you don't know that if you saw the original part of it. It's just their little quiet story. At the end, he shows, you look at me like I'm going to give a test. I'm not. The But that's the one that I saw first. So it's I'm not even saying what's right or wrong or yeah. people do their best work quickly. I'm just saying for me, I'm not going to go back and keep rearranging a film around in my head. Um, right, recently, I, there was a, a new edition of uh, True Romance fucking thrown online someone re-edited it they got the original script of tarantino and then re-edited in his way the way he wanted to actually shoot it they cut up all the scenes and put it in, in his fucking and the way he was wanting to do it which was just weird well they do that online now and uh, you know they took memento and they they redid it so it went like straight through yeah and it made no fucking sense as a movie <laughs> what it was actually pretty ridiculous <laughs> If you watched it, and you're like, this is the worst fucking terrible movie ever. Yeah, the only way it was going to work was fucking going backwards, because it's fucking, it's nuts. Um, because what Tarantino wanted to do was kind of do the Tarantino thing where he forth. shuffles the scenes all over. Yeah. Where is this at, online? It's online. Try to find your copy. Find me two copies. Okay, all right. Blu-ray or DVD? Hey, speaking of which, I need something for Friday. I know, I know. I'm talking to the people who can help you with that. Well, this people right here? Hi. <laughs> no, that's a scissor. <laughs> okay. It's a talking scissor, not a person. Talking scissor would be awesome. See, even though it's just one, I still call it scissors, because I feel like each one of these things is a scissor. Okay. See, I think it's an a uh, scissors. Well, I think that makes sense... Your, because he was Edward Scissor Hands, not Edward Scissor Hands. So right. he had multiple, only one of those on each hand. So. No, he had one of these though. Oh, oh. Well, and I'm saying I, you call this a scissors? Yeah. Some yeah. people say it's a pair of scissors. Oh, I, I say, didn't know that. I say it's a scissors. No, well, you you would totally be wrong, because <laughs> you can never say a in a plural, can you? I don't think so. No, yeah, we're, we're, we're in over our heads. <laughs> no, you're not supposed Bail to. Bail out. Bail out. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you only had one. There's only one scissor there, or one half of a scissors on each finger. It doesn't even make fucking no, yeah, sense. No, yeah, it does. It does no, make it's, sense. It, all of his hands together make scissors. Yeah, all of his each hands finger is, is a sizz. One, okay, it's a sizz. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so it's Edward Scissor hands. It's scissor hand, each finger. To make that, I don't know. Oh God, I'm having a stroke. Why do you just put gloves over it? Vincent Price made a huge mistake make creating that weirdo. <laughs> I d I disagree. Oh really? I thought it was spectacular. <laughs> Fucking weird Avon town. Or I thought it was. Well, that actually isn't too far from where Fez lives. Oh shit! That's like I wasn't a set. That's fucking real. No, that's a real place. What they did is just paint the houses different. <laughs> but it was a development, as they say, where they okay. build all the houses to match. Uh, Sean, you're on a Fez. Yeah, I was just wondering if uh, if Luke Skywalker, instead of the lightsaber, 
if he had a samurai sword, would you let him in the knife club? Why are you going to bore me? And on- Scissor club. I hope I never talk to Sean again. Okay. By the way, speaking of Sean, that weird fucking Sean guy from the movies. American Juggalo? No, not American Facebook. Juggalo. I don't know what the fuck that you're talking about. Yeah, from the Facebook was on Jimmy Fallon last oh, night. Oh, fuck. The real guy. Oh Sean, pa- oh, Sean Parker. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I went right to Facebook when you're like the guy from the movies. <laughs> he's so fucking weird in real life. He's a strange one. And now he's on Twitter. He's announced yeah. He's like, sorry, Zucks. Because his new project is the fucking, um, whatever, Spotify or Spotify. whatever. Spotify, Spotify, whatever that fucking thing is every third person has now. <laughs> Something else come and replace it. It's just, it's just fucking. It's never get too fucking into anything. <laughs> no. Never care. Uh, we're still uh, working on the new uh, language for this show. Now, this came up yesterday. By the way, is Fred in here today? Fred had class today. Had a UCB <laughs> class today. <laughs> Can we stop calling that class? <laughs> Fred, go hang out. Couldn't come into the show. <laughs> I, I just think $350 a class to learn improv is too much money. It's pretty nuts. I didn't know he was paying that. That cost cannot be correct. Uh, at least it's their weirdo. I would have thought 20 25 bucks a class. I that think makes that's sense. for the whole course. That's got to be for the whole no, course. No, per class. class. Yeah, that's not right. I know. Because I even right. said, wait, how many classes? So this is costing you. are like, yeah, but it's something different. It's, you know, it's like you'll be on Saturday Night Live at the end. Yeah, he's he's not. That's not true. Because I looked at the taking this course this one time. I will tell you this, and I know you guys were all fucking teasing on him at the beginning. He's one of my all-time favorites. He's in his own fucking world, that kid. He's blooming, I'd He's say. kind of our Edward Scissorhands. A little bit. I mean, I'll cut his hands off. I'll pull a Vincent Price. I don't even like you saying it that way. Vincent Price never cut anyone's hands off. Well, I mean, he... He built the person from scratch. Oh, yeah, it was like out of clay or something. Two weeks ago, he texted me and said, Zito, I read on Twitter you died of mono. Is that true? And I was like, no, man. I'm fine. Let me tell you this about the kid. And I've held this away from you guys, because I don't like when you're mean to the new kid too quickly. Before Molly's opened up, he knocked on the fucking door. What? And said that he wanted to be the dishwasher... Or do they only hire Mexicans? What the fuck? They All were right. totally weirded out by him. I like that, though. Yeah. That's just gumption. You fucking want That's in. how I felt about him. And then the first day he was here, I'm not going to say who, Fez, um. had this whole impersonation of the kid and how stupid he was. And <laughs> HTG was laughing and pointing. and You know, it turned into Mean Girls Club right away when the two of them are ever on the same side. It's just awful. And I was just like, leave him alone. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> then if he's a nerd, then I'm a nerd too. There you go, Mean Girls. No bullying. It was Return of the Mean Girls. Well, there was a straight-to-DVD Mean Girls too. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's not, he's not here today. Plus, I think he's incapable of hate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he could hold a grudge. He's very easygoing, I've noticed. Well, you've got to have some kind of sense of right and wrong you know what i mean to not be easygoing he's like seriously he's like starman or et or anything okay 
I did see him trying to get into the Reese's, the mono candy. I was like, Fred, please don't. That has mono on it. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's this fucking dude living on his own in a big city. Picking up crazy broads. Getting beat up. Yeah, I don't even know if that happened. <laughs> well, he did find a picture, which was all right, I guess. All right. I, I was with that girl right there. Straight <laughs> from the left. Oh, wow. Lindsay Lohan? Yeah. Fuck. Wow. Lindsay Lohan before the fall. Oh, Jesus Christ. This was right there. This was right before. Yeah, that's what fucking caused all the problems. Any success to her. Yeah. And then it's just fucking booze and cocaine city for Lindsay. She didn't handle as well as others. It's because no one ever told her she had that twin sister. Dennis Quaid held that from her. Also, she's from Long Island. Strong Island, she likes to call it. Out there where blowjobs do not count on the list. Nope. It's like it never happened. Great rule. Well, yesterday, I saw so many different articles online about whatever land. Uh, that is our good friend Jennifer Hutt's new book. Yeah. Not one of the articles mentions our good friend Jennifer Hutt, and they call it Alexis Stewart's tell-all book. Yeah. Now, mm. I've seen the book. I don't think it's a tell-all book. Uh, I think it's just kind of whatever talk. Okay. So... Not for nothing, but Jennifer really needs to get her own PR person. I I already got somebody uh, perfect to do PR for her. Who's that? Lily. <laughs> well, I guess that would that'd be very convenient. Well, I feel bad about this. I thought we were going to have the kid in to get this new phrase over. Now, you remember when we were talking yesterday, we talked about the question mark... With an explanation point. Yeah, right? yeah. That actually has a name. What? I, I mean, that's crazy. You're fucking crazy. Things are named. Why? Why are you saying that's crazy? No, I mean, I, I just it's, it's used so often. What do you mean it's used so often? That uses a question mark and explanation <laughs> point together. <laughs> Fezzi, when you're better. Uh huh. And can come in and fucking handle this. We're gonna make it a lot less nutty. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean it's used so often? I just, people will use the question mark and exclamation point. Intertwined? Oh, no, not intertwined. That's fucking... Would you like them intertwined or pulled apart? I like them pulled apart so I can tell what they are. Yeah. The kid wrote one, drew one up for me <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, it looked like a, a two snakes having sex, <laughs> which maybe somewhere will do something. Graphic. Um, so what's it called? Yeah. Yeah, uh, hold on. I'm trying to work this out. All right, the kid is listening to us right now, and he said three fifty for the whole week session. All right. Uh. Anyway, I'll get back to my other story later about what it's called. I'm going to um. Say this. So it's not three fifty a class. No. It's three fifty a week for eight weeks. So how many classes are in a week? No no, I think it's three fifty for the whole eight week session. No, it's he just said it's three fifty a week. Yeah, but that's not tr I've seen these for a week's worth of classes. I get that. So he's paying three grand. For his UCB knowledge. I don't know. Now I don't know. They should throw an ICB roof here. Why is that, Fez? Well, it's just so expensive. 
Uh, Al, you're on Ron and Fez. Hey, Ron and Fez. Hey, I know you're way past it, but Apocalypse Now, that was a redone and an extended. What do you think about that one? Uh, I don't like the extended. With the Playboy models and that hanger. Well, the Playboy models are in the first one, but not as long. Yeah. And then that weird French house and uh, how the whole fucking scene plays out. I wasn't a fan. Spoiler alert. Why? Uh, Spoiler alert. Oh, I see. This thing has fallen. We're having one nutty day. By the way, it was so um, packed that it was un-fucking-believable uh, in the streets today. Some kind of police action happened down here. Yeah, they shut off. 49th. They closed off the uh, train station, so I had to go out a different exit, and then all of 49th Street was uh, shut down yeah, on, they, on it, 6th, 7th Avenue. I had to go two full stops down and walk like 11 blocks up to... Uh, to get here, I don't know what it was. Uh, Josh, you're on Ronifest. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those UCB classes. They're uh, they're eight weeks for three hundred fifty bucks. So it's one class a week for three hundred fifty bucks total. All right, so that's nothing. Well, it used to be three hundred, but then they got a huge following uh, going with them, so they hiked up the prices even more. Even though they're getting more students, so it's still a ripoff. It's not a rip-off. If it's fucking eight weeks for 350 bucks. Actually, that's dirt cheap. That's really cheap. I guess, but it used to be 275 So what? <laughs> the, what's yeah, I the... guess that's true. It is, it is the lesson learned that is the true value. Oh, God, you're dope. Yeah, there was a city bus they found a sus suspicious package on right down the block from us, and that's why it was closed off. Billy Armand Fez. Hey, Fez, did you mean IBC root beer? Oh, why do you got to use a fake fucking place and bust his fucking balls? So we fucked up. So what? Can't some sunshine on Fez this morning? Sorry about yesterday, Fezzy. Was I in some kind of a crazy mood? Um, I don't recall you being in any sort of crazy mood. I recall Ro trying to start trouble like she always does. Trying she's to get still, in her digs. She's still like you. She's faking. Uh, my little Kathleen from the Bronx liked the Lard Dern interview. She's always kind. She is always kind. Well, Fezzy. Let's bring you into the show today. You've been very quiet. Anything going wrong here? Any reason got you down? Um, no, just uh, that general nervousness. Take him forth, Mike. Well, I know you love to read. Yahoo! Yahoo. Uh, there are researchers, I think it was at the University of Wisconsin, that they're are... They're having one hell of a season this year, huh? Oh, yeah, they're doing very well. Uh, I think they're going to go undefeated. They, um... And for them to go undefeated in the Big Ten, that's huge. Oh, no. Big Ten has impressed me this year. So they're saying that um, Facebook should be used to help students that are possibly at risk for alcohol abuse or addiction. So they went... Instead of having that drink, why don't you get on Facebook? What? Hey, why do bumps when you got Facebook? <laughs> Where's your Angry Birds? So they're looking at students' Facebook pages, 
and seeing who's posting about things like binge drinking or blacking out. Hicks, Hicks. How about this? Everyone in college. Yeah, that's who's posting out about right that. Now. That's my so update. fucked up. And who's posting pictures of you know, embarrassing drunk photos? Everyone. So Sorry, they're girls. wondering if the if the universities should step in, check out everyone's Facebook page, and then do like an intervention saying, hey, you're possibly at risk for hey, having an alcohol problem. Dude, I know what you're going through. You know, I'm from the 60s, and a lot of stuff happened back then. You know, we were trying to stop a war and take acid and listen to Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So I dig what you kids are going through right now. You know, like with Afghanistan and Radiohead and Ecstasy. Wow, thanks, mister. Never thought of it like that. Professor. <laughs> sure. Prof. The thing is, if you go by the standards of what binge drinking is in college, like what the, the studies show, probably 90% of college students have a theoretical drinking problem. Like, this isn't going to work out. Why are they going to go on Facebook? Why don't they just look at the parties that are taking place all over campus? I think they're going to end up doing this. Colleges, hate, you know, are scared to death of being liable if some hazing goes on well, and someone drinks themselves I to mean, death. I, I, I don't even understand the thing. Like, they do step in if they think that there's a fucking problem with kids. And these kids are putting it out there on Facebook, right? Right, yeah. So they're not trying to keep it hidden. So I mean I don't, I just see this as business as usual. They all it's like the job of the fucking college to go over and say to the kid who's fucking up and his grades suck, dude, you're fucking up and your grades suck. Maybe you should stop partying so much. You know we have a group for people like you. I've had that. I had that fucking yeah. shit before I got but expelled. The only difference is is like now they're just tying in technology. But it's no different than if they saw the kid laying in his own front yard or heard him telling somebody in class. Exactly. Then they get put on probation or some stupid shit and, yeah, to go to classes. And it's impossible to fucking check every guy on Facebook. Everyone in the fucking school will be Why? They're just going to be fucking checking each other's Facebook. The fuck, you know how many people would love to be... You know, oh, yeah, I'll check everyone's Facebook in my dorm and fucking report back for you. <laughs> yeah, but then it's just going to turn into those arguments of, you don't know what was in that cup. You can't prove anything. Like, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah, they'll just do what they always do, throw out the kids that they want to throw out. That's right. Like It's me. a fucking non-story. Like me. Like me. I was fucking yes! public enemy number one on that yes! fucking campus. I got my balls busted constantly. Dude, guess what? You're public enemy number one here. <laughs> You know what um, Scott calls you? What? Columbine. Oh, come he on. He goes like this. What? Did, hey, what? did Columbine upload your shows for this weekend? What the fuck? I don't think it has to do anything with the shooting, Columbine. All right. Well, I'm being pigeonholed, <laughs> I feel. I think it has to do with the other Columbine. All right. What's the other Columbine? More shootings. Oh. I don't want to kill anyone. Kiefer Sutherland says Pia. that he... <laughs> He thinks about uh, his own death a lot. He obsesses I'm on it. I'm the same way. I'm constantly thinking about Keith Sutherland dying. <laughs> Even before I got the joke, he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming and got the laugh out. I'm constantly thinking about Keith Sutherland dying. Fed? Um, he says that he thinks about himself, uh, what he would do... If he was in a plane that was going down. And that he often thinks, am I just going to scream? 
or am I going? He goes, or am I going to step up and try to do something about it? Now, I don't know what he means by that. If there's something wrong with the hydraulics, he's going to rush the cockpit and feel like he could land that thing safer than the pilots. I think he's done that movies before. I think he could possibly do it. Um, the death scenario I think about a lot is... The death what? Death scenario. Death scenario? Is, um... The, um... Shooting. Are you happy now, Zito? Oh, I feel bad. It's just like, what? Uh, fuck. I'm just having trouble spitting things out today. Yeah, but then he doesn't need to point that out to people. By the way, uh, Brazilian Julie wrote to us and said she took those classes at UCB, and they're $350 per semester for eight weeks. This is okay. what I said. No one, everyone thought I was... She is so right. She, she th- is so correct. Thank God she clarified that Thank for God us. for her because yeah. no one else knows shit. I can't even do I math. Was, we couldn't get it out of Fred oh, what the exact answer. God damn I know. Yahoo News. Uh, Louisiana Hospital is expanding its non-smoking policy. This is where now, if any of the employees have smoke, uh, smoke smell on their clothes, whether they've smoked in a smoking area or not, they're going to be sent home. Because uh, a smoke smell on someone's clothes is considered third-hand smoke. Well, we've talked about this how many times now? The smoking. We've talked to us about smoking a lot. They are trying to eradicate smoking in the United States, and they will not stop until they can get away with it. A friend of mine was just in Santa Monica. You cannot smoke in Santa Monica. You can't smoke outside. Will people come up to you and bust your balls and say you can't fucking do this? You, you can get be, tickets? Yeah, you can get tickets. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? So, I mean, we keep talking about it, and, you know, we mention each little extra thing that they do, but it's the same story. They're never going to stop until they get rid of uh, smoking. I had never heard of third-hand smoke. I didn't know it went that far. They're just saying it stinks. Yeah, because this isn't even really involving cigarettes now. Well, never. You know, even second-hand smoke, the cigarette's already gone. Yeah, been smoked deliciously. With this, it's someone doesn't even have to smoke themselves. If they walk past the smoker, get the smell on them, then they're out the door. Madonna's been scheduled to uh, appear at a halftime show at this season's Super Bowl. Fez, I hate to correct you here, but she's been scheduled to appear mm-hmm. because she's British now. That's right. That's a definite? Um, her people aren't confirming it. But some of the Super Bowl people are. Mm. Not too many people left that can do it then. You gotta figure Bon Jovi's gonna do it in New York in a couple years. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna keep giving it to the. I mean, she fits into the kind of people that they give it to. It's a slam dunk. And there'll be guest stars. There'll be people fucking. Probably Lady Gaga will run out or something. I hope she brings Britney back and they kiss like that was years ago. Oh, they just go ass to ass. Oh, I'm sure Lady Gaga's saving it for her own time. Okay. And And I don't think Madonna likes Lady Gaga. Why? Because she's doing her act? Yeah, just due to the comparisons. Madonna just kind of blows off any sort of Lady Gaga comments. 
Uh, Mike, you're on run of Fez. Yeah, I was wondering if Fez could go back to his death scenario that he worries about. All right, everybody, about leave him alone. That's just something Zito picked on Fez about. Made Fez choke up for a second, and then you shook it off, Fez. Yes, and the death scenario, that's, I worry about what happens when I lose my hearing. What did you say? When I lose my hearing. What? (laughs) Thomas Jane from HBO's uh, show Hung uh, said that when he was a young homeless kid in L.A., he would work as a gay prostitute just to get a guy to buy him a sandwich. It's like cheap rate. Sucking a dick for a roast beef. Jesus. This is the cummiest roast beef ever had. <laughs> really, really hungry. Hungry. Uh. I don't think these stories hurt anyone's career anymore. I think there was probably a time where it said, I, if, I, if I worked as a gay prostitute... Well, no one's probably ha- done. No one's happy that he said this, including gay people. Because this makes gays just look like they'll suck a dick for roast beef. Yeah, it's like, fuck. And then also, the thing that they're mad about, he goes, hey, it's something you go through when you're younger. Yeah. Which means being gay is a choice, and you know how much the gays hate that. <laughs> and you get out of your system. Yeah. You know how much the gays hate thinking they have a choice. No. So, I need cock. At least this is what I read in Gawker, Fez. Uh-huh. Is that where you got the story from? Yeah. Well, deeper down, you will see it's just the opposite, that the gays are going, shut the fuck up, dude. I think he also made some comments that the, the Glad was pissed at, where it was like, he told the creator, the minute you guys make me go gay in this, this fucking TV show, I'm out. Right. And, and so they were like, oh my God. So they got upset about that, and then he tried to explain, you can't be upset at me, I used to be a gay prostitute. Making it even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did that, so like, why wouldn't he do it on his show? He already did it fucking for real. <laughs> like, why would you? Alright, Zeitz. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to ruin his career, which kind of making this statement, he kind of has fucked Thomas it up. Thomas fucked up. If you're starving for roast beef... Would you eat a spoon of your own shit or suck a dick? Do I have to, like, suck the dick to completion? Yeah, but you don't have to swallow it. You can just let it go on your face. Yeah, oh. guy just shoots in your face. Uh, I think I'd eat a spoonful of my own feces. <laughs> he would definitely suck Look how cock. he tries to make it sound more expensive. <laughs> it's a spoonful of shit. Stop acting like, well, it's a tablespoon of our finest feces. It's a fucking ladle. I mean, th- th- don't get me wrong. There are some things I, I might suck a dick for, not a fucking sandwich. A sandwich? No. Thomas Jade, come on. I, you could have gotten more than just a roast beef sandwich. I don't know. By the time that shit smell got in front of you on a big heaping teaspoon, you would be sucking the dick. Uh, th- no, the dick would just be looking at me in the dick because if it's a guy that wanted another guy to suck his dick, the dick would probably have like some shit on it too. And I just, I don't want mm, that. That's interesting. I never even thought of that. Probably caked into the pee hole. Oh. Dirty fucking All right. Shit. I don't want them <laughs> mad at us. <laughs> Pat, you're running fez. Fezzy, you sound a little different today. You uh, take one of those pills this morning? You taking pills, Fezzy? No, I Tell us not. if you're taking pills. I would tell you. I've Pillin? always told you if I've taken a pill. Something's going on today. You seem like you pilled up. No, no pills. A few cocktails, but no pills. Did you? No. Did you hear that? It was just... It started shaking. It was just shaking along for fucking eternity. Yeah, I fucking... That was weird as shit. 
Makes me wonder if another earthquake's coming back. Oh, please. It always starts with the microphones. Uh, Matt, you're going to run a fez. I, I can't even believe that story about Thomas Jane. 61 was one of my favorite movies. Now i got to burn it. Well, here's the thing. He played Maris in that, right? Yeah. He was Mantle. All right, he played Mantle in that. Mantle used to suck dick outside of the fucking <laughs> 21 Club. Oh for turkey God. sandwiches. There it goes. It just starts to shake forever. It's fucking ungodly. They need to replace these things. What? <laughs> now it's just creaking and no one's touching anything. Oh, no, no. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Fezzy botched that story. He used the word, buy me a sandwich, as a colloquialism. He didn't actually suck a dick for a roast beef sandwich. Oh, so the old thing was, <laughs> buy me a sandwich means I'm here to suck dick. It's like code word. Yeah. I wasn't adverse to going down to Santa Monica Boulevard and letting a guy buy me a sandwich. You know what I mean? So a lot of times here, because they're always watching out for cops, the prostitutes in New York will say, polish your cock for you today, governor. And if you go, yeah, that means they're going to end up blowing you. Wow. Oh, that's And here when they means. say governor, they mean the actual governor. Elliot Spitzer. <laughs> There's a new texting service uh, called Fake Girlfriend, which uh, supplies guys with text messages and, and voice messages from a girl making it sound like they actually have a girlfriend. And a singular Facebook photo you can pull up to show your friends. Mm, yeah. So the the idea is it's supposed to make girls that you're interested in jealous because they're like, oh, someone else is interested in this guy. Smart move. I thought it was for guys with a secret. So like maybe then their mom would be like, when are we going to get to meet Corrine? Well, Not me. now, Ma. Believe me. She's very busy. <laughs> She's a working model. She's all over the country and the world right now. Busy time for her. She has shoots. I bought her a sandwich. It's really kind of insulting to women because it goes on the theory that women will only go after a guy to get him away from another woman. You mean that common sense? That theory? No, that it's all kind of based on, like, jealousy and trying to I don't think it's, outdo the other girls. I don't think it's jealousy, but how many women buy a handbag because they see another woman with that handbag? Oh, yeah, a lot. Then it becomes stylist. It's just like when that JT, no one knew who the fuck he was. They were all in sinking together. That's right. He dates Britney. When he breaks up, he's the only other one getting famous pussy. That's right. The rest of them are sucking non-famous cock. Yeah, they're buying sandwiches all over the place. Yeah. It's like a fucking deli in there. So, yeah, if you date a hot woman, women will want you after that breakup happens. Oh, okay. I thought it was just, it just seemed like a kind of a catty theory for women. That that's who they're interested in. That they're not so much interested in the guy don't as you remember stealing how, the guy. Well, I don't think it's stealing, but it, um, it's like he's been pre-approved. Yeah. It's like oh. high school. Remember high school? Uh-huh. She likes him, so there's got to be something he's doing fucking right, right. So let's go just jump on it. Oh, okay. Right. 
Uh, Leonard Nimoy, 80 years old, says he has gone... I like to say 80 years young, Fezzi. He's looking good. Well, he's gone to his last Star Trek convention. Well, sure, at his age. Yeah, shouldn't he go to his last one, like, 14? <laughs> Ball buster. <laughs> and I doubt if it's his last one. I think he said this is his last one quite a few times over the years. Um, here's uh, Ezra, and you're on Fez. Hey... Okay, here's what you have to consider. The smell. You can ask the dude to wash. You can hold your breath and suck a dick. But the feces in the mouth? Nah, man. But it just takes... I'm assuming it just takes so much longer to suck the dick. Oh, okay, yes, but you... Not if you want eyes. you get your rhythm down. Oh. By the time you're on your fucking hundredth one, you're going to be doing great. Oh, wait, a hundred? Uh. David, you're on running Fez. Hey, Ron Fez. Fez, I was just wondering, do you get nervous and have your death scenario ever flying on one of those rickety sprint airplanes? All right, look, let me just say something. Why are you laughing, Zitz, when you see how he feels? It's my laughing. fault. It's just all my fault. Oh, I know you're not laughing. You're a good person. Oh, Thank you. I'm, I'm, but here's the deal. Today the sun shines on Fezzy. That's right, Sonny. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm in a good mood. I guess I fucked up his day yesterday. No. Yes, he said death scenario. He's going through the news pretty quickly today. But he's doing it for you, folks, the listeners. That's right. I so appreciate it. Don't hate. Do you even have any idea of the things that you say? You're just fucking mumbling them out. <laughs> I ain't mumbling. I'm speaking loud. Haters be hating. Don't be hating on Fez Watley. Look, here's a picture of the sun. Amanda Knox, uh, of course, out of prison now in Italy. You're welcome, America. You like You're that? welcome. I had her TV mom on the show. What was her name? Marsha Gay Harden. Marsha G. That's right. She's already in London, Fez. Yeah, she is on her way back to the United States. Got her out of there very quickly. I, I wouldn't fucking hang around in a country that had me locked up. Fuck no. Yeah, they're talking about who's going to get the Amanda Knox interview. If I was Amanda Knox, I, w I wouldn't even want to say anything for fear that I could end up back in that Italian prison. How are they going to get her? Well, they're not going to be able to, but just I wouldn't want to slip up or do anything. She ain't going back to Italy the rest of her life. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, no. Good luck, so she's fine. Yeah. She ain't leaving the lower 48. Oh. Help. If I was there, I'd never even been in an airplane. You never know what's going to happen. I'd be living in an underground bunker. That's right, Noxie. Foxy Noxie. TMZ was doing a thing on who would you do on the uh, <laughs> the acquitted uh, shit. girls. Uh, whether it's Amanda Knox or you Casey Anthony. I know that you're barreling through, but did you hear his joke? No, I don't. I don't even hear him at all anymore. I don't even listen. Well, you don't like him? No, I don't. I've never liked him. He's just, but he seems to be catching on with the listeners. Mm -hmm. I got an email about it today. That's a nice email. Probably from Roe. I would even, I'll do this as an audio poll. Is Zito catching on with you, the listeners? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's the opening uh, poll results. Oh. Seems like it's too close to call. It's a tight one. 
So anyway, while you were fucking bulldozing your way through the story, he he yelled out, "Spoonful of shit," <laughs> which is kind of a funny line. I thought you would react. He's lying about it. He would suck a dick so fast. I don't even think it has to involve a sandwich. You're still not getting the fact that it was a joke. Is where I'm at. But oh, I understand poll, that. I just I, didn't get it. And why? Like, I wouldn't lie about sucking a dick. If I was gay, I'd be super proud. I'd be like, "Give me that dick." That's gonna be pulled. Isolate, please. Yeah, I'm gonna write down the time here. It's uh, twelve fifteen. All right, let's see if Zito's catching on with the listeners. Hi, right, uh, Zito. Yeah or nay? Yeah, I'm digging him. I'm- Zito, is he catching on with the listeners? I like Max Zero. He's a good kid. I like that fucking nickname, dude. Max Zero. That's dope. Uh, <laughs> we saying now? Do- we saying dope now, baby? By the way, <laughs> yeah, no daddy. one. I couldn't get anyone to pick up on my Parks and Recs thing, which I thought was so fucking funny yesterday. I'm going, we calling each other baby now, baby? Remember when I did that yeah, line? Yeah. That was Aziz's from just fucking night before. Oh, I missed it. And I'm looking around the sea like, I'm going to kill this room. <laughs> uh, Zito, yay or nay? Yes. Wow. Zito, yay or nay? Yay. Zito, Zito yay or nay? Zito card holder number one. All right, Whoa. Zito, yeah or nay? Hello. Yes, Zito, yes or no? Um, yes. I think he would suck a dick for a promotion. Um, yeah, all that's true. <laughs> true. He's actually doing the best he can with it, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, Zito, yeah or nay? John, we got you, buddy. Oh yeah, I say yay. Fezzy, these opening uh, votes surprising you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little shocked. There's two of us. Yeah, he's not very likable. That's old Zito. This is new Zito. This has been going on a few weeks and you haven't been paying attention. The change is definitely overtook him. Yeah. The weird thing is I don't feel like I'm doing really anything different. I just kind of was like, yeah. I think that you've found the fucking place. James, Zito, yay or nay? Yay. All this shocking you, Fez, because you're not you don't listen in here. He's finding this weird little place for himself. Yeah, I don't pay attention to him at all. I'm on then the you show. Know, or anything else. Rihanna uh says that she loves the C word. She loves to say it, she loves to use it, and in fact she didn't know that the rest of the world hated it. That it was so offensive. Um, I'm agreeing with Rihanna that that fucking word has also taken a Zito flip yeah. over the years. When I was younger, if you said cunt, you could stop a fucking room. And now women kind of took back the night, started saying cunt themselves, and it's, it's not a big word. No, it, you can say cunt whenever you want, yeah. pretty much at this point. We're almost Britain. <laughs> she said she was using it all the time, like to, like calling her makeup artist that, just out of a She's term of Barbados. affection. I, I hear them doing it, though. I hear women, get over here, you cunt. Yeah, you fucking cunt. Oh, this is my cunt. She's going to be with me all night. <laughs> yeah, you're nay on Zito. Yeah, you're nay on Zito. Yay. Uh, yeah, you're nay on Zito. Hey, you're on running Fez. Yay. Yay. Uh, Damn. Eric, we got a yay or nay on Zito. Yay. Yay or nay on Zito. Zito, yay. It's uh, It's been the last few weeks, Fuzzy, maybe even closer to a month, 
And I've and if you remember about a month ago, I said I'm starting to get annoyed. I I got positive email on Zito, yeah, and it's that. fucking bumming me out. Um. Studies are saying that humans are obviously still evolving, but some of the things they're finding are, of course, um, the uh, lower reproduction age, saying that that's actually part of evolution, and that our brains have been getting smaller. See, I've been told that fucking evolution works a lot slower than that. That obviously everyone's evolving, but... We shouldn't be able to, like, nail it down, right? Yeah, you're not being able to... It doesn't change over a couple of generations. So gradual that you don't even notice it. I didn't... I thought our brains were supposed to get bigger. That's what they always did in cartoons or sci-fi movies. We would have these just gigantic brains. Well, uh, cartoons or sci-fi movies would be the way to go. Not the dumb scientists. Those guys are assholes. Uh, I just don't think that you can tell, hey, in the last 20 years we've been evolving. <laughs> Uh, James, Zito, yay or nay? Uh, it's dude, absolute yay. But I... Zito, yay or nay? Hey. Yay. Ryan, hey, Zito, yay or nay? Ryan. Yeah, I say yay if he buys me a sandwich. Uh, yeah. Here's the weird thing. These fucking phones are like behind me, like two beats. I know. It's very strange. Well, they're working hard on fixing the microphones first, then they're going to, to get to that. Well, now you have the clicking, too, to worry about. Mine doesn't make any noise. I think that was all part of the big Danny and Mars fight today on the after show. Ooh, fill me in. I didn't hear any of it. Um, I was in a very, very big traffic jam on the way here. I'm not sure exactly how it started. Sam started talking about their very first day at XM. And next thing you know, it ended up with Mars and Danny screaming, fuck you to each other. And uh, Mars saying, nobody likes Danny around here. And that's Danny's own fault. And just got very... Uh, and Danny's saying, what have you done around here? What have you done for Ouch. the... For the, like, for an example, what have you done for the past hour here? Yeah. Acting like Mars doesn't get anything done, and Mars acting like Danny uh, sabotages himself. Mm. Got very heated, and then went down the hallway heated, too, after the after the after show. Well, that fucking sh Sam is a shit star. Mm-hmm. A lot of motherfuckers back and forth. I was yeah? into the hallway. <laughs> right before you got here. God damn it. And oddly enough, the only mic that doesn't make a sound is the one in the booth. Yeah, I felt like I was buying somebody's bizarre. sandwich in here. I was trying to make it. <laughs> well, that one will also come off in your hand if you're not careful, oh, too. Oh, God! Cum-poms! <laughs> what did you call it? Cum-poms! Oh. The worst type. I thought you were going for cum-bombs. Oh. bomb of jizz Ah, oh, craziness. Wow, I would have loved to fucking heard that fight, but traffic jam, goddamn that traffic jam, bullshit. And then I had asked Sam what started it, and Sam always plays very, very innocent. I have no idea what started it. Hmm. I don't know what could have happened. What could have gone wrong? So you don't trust Sam? No. I'm trying to find Sam. Who do you like? I like you. I like Chris Stanley. All right. Have you always liked Chris Stanley? Yeah, I've always liked Chris Stanley. What about when you get fucked up? 
Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> the weirdness comes out. That's when you. That's when you started bad mouthing them, and then it's never been a hundred percent between you guys. Well, it was weird because it happened three or four times, and once on the Xanax, and three times when you had a couple in you, or more than a couple. And I just thought it came out of nowhere. Somebody that works here, though, recently told me that office is a pigsty. And I haven't been up there, so I don't know. We cl- I gave a good cleaning in that place. I have, to fucking, I have to fucking get it back down again. Yeah, it was really clean it, for It really a while. was clean, I swear it to God. It is time for our right. monthly cleanup like again, now that it's a new month. Okay, let me ask this, phase. Do you clean your house once a month? No. Why is the office... Left a whole month before anybody cleans it. And who's behind all this? Well, I'm as cluttered as anybody up there. It just that maybe stuff here's what we're gonna really do. quickly. And maybe here's what we ought to do: is shut that fucking office down. Oh no! So just okay. shut it down and have people start and take the stuff back and forth home from work. Because from what I understand, we're like a fire hazard. I there was just so much stuff jammed under the desk. No, but I no. cleaned out all the shit from under the desks. Sure, there's a box of keyboards and uh, power converters, but, you know, I, f- I don't know what I'm going to need a keyboard. Has there even been one nay on this fucking Zeets? I haven't heard one. All right, let's go through. Uh, Chris, Zito, yay or nay? A big yay. I don't know how many scores he's had, but it's rolling up. Sean, yay or nay? I'm voting nay. Oh, Sean. Finally. There we go. John, yay or nay? Nay. Yeah. All right, Bob, yay or nay? Ronnie B. and Zito Show. Uh, Mike, yay or nay? Zito, yay, Fuzzy Gay. Steve, Zito, yay or nay? Yeah, I fuck him. Uh, Danny, Zito, yay or nay? I tell you, a good fucking nay. And Mike, Zito, yay or nay? All right. Uh, he's still very well while out in front, but finally we're getting some people against him. I'm yeah. sure those are people Fez just asked to call in. Yes, because you saw me leave the room and pick up the phone. Why don't you two get along with each other? Well, he's one of those people, like Chris Stanley treats me the same on and off the air. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no difference to he's, Chris Stanley. He speaks for you out there in the hall? Yeah, I think so. Or, right. you know... And you are the same on and off the air to me. Well, I'm a little nicer off the air, if you're going to be honest about it. Okay. Remember I called you last night and played the part of your dad? That was we're so the winners. Nice. How, how was the call? I, yeah, I just always do we're the winners because that's what his dad always said to him. And I was actually and I happy. I giggling, like, so I didn't start crying. Uh, I was very happy because when the Bucks won that, I was able to move along in my elimination. Good. And I made Watley guarantee that to me. And then he wore his shirt. Mm-hmm. So I was happy about that. And I am happy to play. After my UCB classes, I'm ready to improv the part of his dad. Oh, how much are you paying for those? I'm paying $3,000 a minute right now. Wow, holy shit. It's a lot. I'm, me and Sean Parker are acting partners. <laughs> so he's picked... <laughs> <laughs> He's picked up for us. There was a, a thing the other day in the paper that he dropped a, a tip of five G's, and they were making a big deal out of it. And I'm like, "He's worth two billion. Yeah, five G's ain't fucking dick to this guy, and he gets free press out of it. Everyone should get five G's from him, no matter how you fucking manage. Just walking down him. the street, yeah. you should be heading out five G's. Yeah, even for bad service. 
Sean Parker. God damn it. Yes, but thank you for calling last night. That was really, really nice. And I got all get. It was very weird emotionally because I got all giddy mm-hmm. from the win. Like it was your dad. And then I got giddy when you called and said, we're the winners. Mm-hmm. And then when I hung up, it went into this bizarre, silly, laughing, crying, sad thing all at once where everything was just spilling out. And then Zito said that deaf thing about you got everybody laughing at you. Yeah. See, he'll be nice off the air. He's like the daily leader. He'll be really nice off the air and then really try to go get some digs in on the air. Well, getting digs off off the air, no one hears them, and so no one laughs. Oh, oh, shit! Fuck! I didn't hear anyone laughing now. Well, didn't you hear that thing that we just did? The only oh, I heard yeah. that. <laughs> like, no one would do that if we were off the air. They would just be like, oh, maybe. Oh, Sometimes oh, I do yeah. that. I go to meeting. <laughs> I'll go shit, son. <laughs> I just have trouble warming up to your fakeness. Oh, well. Um, this, like that. Like that. Oh, do me a favor. Oh, if you guys are going to do this, make sure that you fucking beat Danny. Uh, and who was he fighting with? Mars. Oh, yeah, Mars. Marzipan. That's his full name, Marzipan. Yeah. Weird. You got to beat them. I don't want the little nibbling. You got to... Because now everybody's going, what do you think about Danny and Mars? No one's saying, what, what do you think about Zeets and Fez? Mm-mm, nope. It's all it's Danny and Mars time right now. Like, Pepper and I will show you how to fight. Okay. Shut up, Pepper. Oh, I don't really like that, Ron. Why are you telling me to shut up? I just thought I'd say shut up. Well, I don't appreciate that at all. Why don't you shut up? I did shut up before until I saw you didn't shut up. Well, you're telling me to shut up so you're making me talk some more. Screw you. Screw me? Yeah. Oh, shit. Screw you. I screw you back. I ain't getting screwed by nobody. And really? I ain't shutting up either. Where's my phone? I'm calling the IRS. Oh, no, please don't. <laughs> yeah, I know somebody who hasn't filed in seven years. Don't just hang up on that. Seriously. Then got, apologize. No, no, just uh, hang up yes, the phone. Yes, his name? No, 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 no. Yeah. He's sitting right in front I'm, of I'm sorry. All right. All right, Mom. Bye-bye. I ain't a fucking narc. And fuck you for saying I'm a narc. <laughs> fuck me. All right, so that's how it should be done? No, I really want you guys to go out. I don't... I don't know whether you don't like each other or Fez always just has to have somebody that he say he doesn't like as kind of having a storyline. I can't tell. No, I don't like him on the air. I don't care for him. I do not like the guy. But off the air, you do. Off the air, you seem you try you seem like the you're some sort of human. Here you become some sort of robot just waiting, just uh, calculating everything I say and looking for the mispronounced uh, letter. Okay, so, I did that today, but I think if, if history will show, I'll like jump in on some stuff and actually... And, it just, and you're just doing it because you know the listeners feed off of it. They try to it, he go does, after me. He so does. you're just, you know, it's fake. You don't do it off the air. Everyone else talks to me the same way off the air that they do on. Not so, you. you. You come up with this fucking act. Wait, so this really is real? Not like the fight that Chris and I had. You're really that mad. Oh, yes. What? Okay, I mean... Your problem is you're a performer. 
And he's not going to put up with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know that we. Okay, well, I'll just. I guess I'll. I'll be like this off the air. I'll just be a dick for no reason. <laughs> what would you like, Fez? From the be quieter on the air? I just, you know, just don't be so fake. Just, you know what? You don't have to jump on every fucking letter that I what? mispronounce. But here's you what know what? I have the fucking listeners to do it to me every fucking day of my life. And all right, I, all right. Sit down. And so I don't need you to interrupt Wait. me during a fucking sentence just so this you can really try to put up. yourself over with the same cocksuckers who want to call in and get me to this state. Alright. That was good water you just threw away. Would you rather he acted like he acts on the air, off the air, or like he acts off the air, on the air? I don't care. Well, you gotta pick one, Fezzy. Because the kid doesn't know what to do. He's wearing a trucker's hat. It's still cool. Von Dutch. It's a serious Von Dutch hat. It's true. It's less you, expensive. Are you mad that the listeners said that they liked them today? Is that where this comes from? No. No. I don't mind people liking him. But it seems like that's what got you upset, though. No, but I understand what he's doing to get the listeners to like him. Now, before the that... The easiest thing possible. Pick he, on Fez. Now, before that, you said, though, that the listeners didn't like him. And I said, I think there's been a change... Just within the last month, he's doing this new kind of zany, fun thing. And you're like, I don't know, I haven't heard it. And then, like, they, they are picking up on it. So I don't know which part that you're mad at. Yeah, it's I'm mad at that I can't say a fucking TH in the middle of a sentence uh, without someone saying it sounds like an F. I feel like that's sort of an isolated incident. Like I feel like there were, if you go back to yesterday, there were stories you would get that I would that people other people would like kind of just dismiss, and I would say stuff to to like you know talk about them, not in a dick way. I mean, yes, I did that. I did the death thing today. I did do that. But I feel like I'm not like like there were earlier when I first started. I would definitely just we would fight and I would attack you. I don't think I've done that recently. I really don't. He hasn't done that. No, but I also noticed too that it's when I'm. You know, and I blame myself because I'm the one who fucks up in here. I'm the one who freezes up. But you tend to wait till I'm uh, really, really struggling to strike. I know I don't do that. I try to be supportive. I didn't know you were struggling so bad when I said the deaf thing. I really didn't. I thought it would be like, oh, I fucked up. I said something. Well, silly what exactly did he say that uh, that seems so strange to you? He just, he just. Uh, are you asking Fez or me? Uh, I'll ask you, what did you hear? Well, he just, I think he meant to say death, and he said death, and he also pronounced, what was the other word that came after it? And it was just funny. I was just like, oh, it was a death thing? Like, w like we would always do. Like, when Pepper says something, you know. Pepper, I, I can't even understand. <laughs> that never happens. Seriously. I, I fucking, I'm spot on. Never mumble or swear. <laughs> I think that he thinks, Fezzy, like, like doing little busting balls things is kind of good for the air. You know what I mean? Like, kind of taking the piss out of. Yeah, but it's only directed at me. Well, you're the only one saying that crazy shit. I understand. It's my fault. I know. I fucking directed at Hicks all the time. I make Hicks's life a living hell. And then we <laughs> no, fucking laugh no, about it. No. And I mean, all we did yesterday was bust on Fred about fucking up his thing. You know what your problem is, too? 
Fuzzy, is you're not wearing your fucking hat today. Oh, I know. We were. I was. Um, what happened to the Fez voice? I was rushed coming back in from the commercial break, and I forgot it. Oh no. That means it's somewhere. Uh, David, you're on the Fez. Hey, I just want to know if uh, Fezzy's tried to run Zeke off the show like he did, like he did Eastside Dave. What's up, Fezzy? No, I'm not trying to run Zeets off the show. Would that be another victory? No, that's not what I'm trying to do. Does this go back to Roe's thing today? From what Roe did? Roe is such a jerk. I don't know. I don't know if women can be jerks, but yeah. I think a woman can be a jerk. It's just not a word that you often hear well, used with true. women. It's kind of true. That woman's a jerk. She's a real jerk. No, it's it's bitches to go to. Yeah. Or cunt. Yeah, cunt. Skeezer. What? I've, I've, I've never heard that. I, yeah, come on. I was at the uh, slut rally the other day, and we're really taking back the night. Nice. I like to see us take back Christopher Knight. Dark Knight. Mm. See, the thing is, I don't know about this, because like, when the show ends... It's going to be like nothing happened. And I it very it's very confusing to me. I don't understand like I think it's kind of a bit that Fez is doing too. Yeah, that's what you do. No, but you're saying you're going to be uh nice. I'm not going to have someone going over a uh, transcript of every word I say right, after the show. When you fuck up a word, what would you like to have happen? I'll play a buzzer. <laughs> See. By that silence, Fez, I think that you're not happy with what he said. I don't play all the fucking buzzers you want. I could care less. Yeah. Uh, here's Craig. Craig, you're on Fez. Hey, buddies. I just don't understand why Fez gets so mad at Zito. And Zito's come a long ways to just kind of being one of the guys. And he yeah. always stands up for Fez. Like, whenever, not always, but I'd, I'd say probably 80% more than anyone else, he'll jump in and get on Fez's side just so... Fez has someone on his side. I haven't stuck up for Fez in a long time. No. Chris Stanley you? never does. Zito does. No. Fuck Pecker. Oh, come on. Oh, Craig. Pepper. You had me until you insulted my friend Pecker, and Ron and Pepper are my friends. Hmm. And Fez. Even though right now we're going through a little bit of a rough patch in our... And I say this tentatively relationship... Through Fez's silence, I, I'm going to pick up that he's angry here. It's the worst when they're silent because it just means they're disappointed in you. I don't know what to say. I said what my problem was. What's that? That he's, that he's fake. Pepper? Oh. No, Pepper's very real. <laughs> and in your face. We don't understand what's fake. I've asked you eight times. Is well, he the, treats me differently off the air than he does on. But this is fucking radio. You're supposed to be performing on the radio, right? Uh-huh. Do you bring the guy you are off the fucking air to on the air? And that's the thing that, you know, no one's calling you fake for if you put on your Fez hat. And then you put it in a bag when you go to the bathroom. Like, look, Pepper and I will sometimes scream at each other, and though there is general annoyance there at times, there's never, you know, real fucking anger. I'm going to push you out a window. Okay, later no. Today. Do not. I will go after you. 
like that. But don't sit there off the air and act all concerned before the show, saying, is there anything you need? Is there anything I could do for you? And then try to sabotage me on the air. I am generally concerned about you before and after the show, but during it, it's, it's like, you know, there's a caller's going to fuck with you anyway. It might as well be me so you can come back at me. I don't know. And also, I think I've been, honestly, so much nicer lately. Like, I haven't taken you on at all. I, I really don't understand. I did the one thing today, and you're... He didn't do that. That one thing, I heard it. Uh-huh. <laughs> what yeah. did you do? You just made, like, the slightest mistake? I don't even think I made a mistake. Mm. Sounded like death scenario to me. Mike, you're on Hey, Ron, I really think there's a deeper issue here. It just seems like it just seems like Fez hates the audience. You know, he anything that entertains us, he, he dislikes. You know, he, we love Dave. He ran him off the show. Now... Zeke is bringing some I didn't value. run anyone off the we, fucking we, show. Frankly, People like chose to go. I didn't run anyone you know, fucking off, asshole. It's pretty much the only thing you bring to the show right now is being run down. You know, you don't say anything funny. You don't bring any information. Fuck you. Value. You bring incomplete news. That's what you should be called. Your segment should be the incomplete news. What would you like to say to him, Fizz? That he's an asshole. That it's so easy. Yes. Yes. Go after the guy who trips over his words. Go after the person who uh, gets anxious. I'm sorry I do it. I know it's my fault. I'm the one who's not getting these problems fixed. I get it. But feel just gigantic about yourselves. Because it's the easiest fucking joke in the world to do. Like the one Zito did earlier? Exactly. Mm. Did you see your strength last night? No, I didn't. How come? Um, I got I got out of there too late. I didn't have time. Out of where? Out of here. Oh. What were you doing in here? I was trying to... I was making some phone calls and trying to get some things done. Who was helping you? Uh, you. Oh. Off the air. What's that mean? That that's the time he helps off the air. Would you like him to help on the air? Uh, no, he doesn't have to. No, I don't want his help. Here's a cocksucking caller. Uh, Zeno, million bucks. Uh, Fizzy, when you said death, it sounded like you said death. <laughs> Stupid. That guy's a jerk off. You cocksucker. Yes. I thought he was agreeable with uh, with me. My Fez's silence, I think, that he's still upset with us. I really feel bad. Like, I really do. This isn't fun at all anymore. Like, like I, I don't know. I No, it's yeah. great. You got your line in. You happy now, Zito? You got your line in, so it should be all perfect, right? No, you're happy. But you're feeling good. But you feel real good about yourself, huh, Z? Apparently, I mispronounced the th. What do you mean? Um, I didn't hear it, but I guess I said deaf instead of death. Okay, I'm sorry for that one thing I did. That one thing I apologize. But it really for. did piss him off. I, I don't understand. Know what I I I don't know if you could tell through his jokes. He really did get angry. <laughs> Here's our buddy John. 
Sir Fez isn't just mad at Ron from yesterday, so he's taking it out on Zito or oh, anyone Fez, else. Oh, Fez, I apologize oh, for yesterday. John, wait a minute. Why don't you use your real name, Roe, since you're doing her bit? Let me apologize for yesterday. great impression by Roe. Let me just apologize, seriously. I was just being an asshole for the sense of being an asshole. You were being an asshole. I was being an asshole. <laughs> I was purposely making it difficult to interview me. Oh, but Rose going around saying you were in a bad mood. But off the air, well, you were I was. nice yesterday. Huh? You were difficult on the air yesterday, but off the air, you were very nice. Well, I got some things fixed around here yesterday. I tricked somebody into something, and I feel really good about it. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> got him. Um, Tom, you're on Fez. This is obvious that deep in his heart, the real Fez hates Zito. On the air and off the air. On the air, he will be nice, he will pretend, he will play along like he does with the listeners. But just like with Jay Moore and How Opie... How am I fucking the, and pretending? The, and the other people who have, hurt, who have hurt Fez... The other people who have hurt Fez, who have wounded him deep Check in his heart... Check your water for lead! You're Fez, nuts! Fez will fun. always hate them deep in his heart. He will remember every word. He can dredge up every, like Mikey Boy or whatever Mikey it was that broke his heart or, or hurt him back in Washington. He will hate him now for the rest of his life. And off the air, he will pretend to be nice, but on the air, now this is the real Fez. He really hates Zito. Tom? He, ha- he hates Tom, him. add yourself yes. to the list. Oh, I'm already on the list, Fez. I'm a cocksucker listener. I can tell by your silence that you're not happy with this. And I don't remember using the term cocksucking listener. I think you did. You're like these other cocksuckers that fuck with me every day or something like that. Oh, I didn't think I used that word. I think you said cocksucker because it's the worst thing you call me. Yeah. Probably the only listeners who didn't offend were our uh, death ones. Oh, fuck. Are you going to have the nerve to do it off the air? I, I guess, because now I'm getting, like, actually... Are you going to have the fucking nerve to do it okay. off the air? I don't think so. Well, what would it mean? What would you do if he did it off the air? Hey, no, he's just not going to have the nerve to do it. Are you going to have the nerve to scream at me off the air? Yes, I'll scream at you off the air. Okay. Good. Glad that's established. Are you angry at him or angry at what I did yesterday when I was trying to be a difficult interview? No, I'm not angry about that. By the way, I just wanted to say, I have to do a lot of difficult interviews, too. Fuck yeah. Some of those people. Oh, but I am excited about this. Is it Thursday? Thursday. And it's definite? Definite. All right. I have said time and time again that my favorite show on TV is not even on TV. Now I find out it is coming to TV. And I'm talking about the one and only Daryl's house yeah. with Daryl Hall. Live from Daryl's house. So good. And lined up, Daryl Hall is going to be here, who I consider uh, a Philadelphian saint. saint and I will put his voice up against any fucking voice in the world. And I'm not even making this up right now. I'm looking directly at Stevie Winwood. Like I'm that? looking across the ocean. To Stevie Winwood, because everyone talks about his R&B voice. But I, I got Daryl Hall's voice, and I'm putting cash down. Well. And I love Stevie Winwood, even saying that. But if you see all the praise that Stevie Winwood 
gets in the world, and then I have to sit here and say, my friends, look at Philadelphia's own Daryl Hall. People forget about Hall, huh? Uh, giant fan of this show, if you ever uh, go on the internet, and I think more and more people are doing it now. They're getting out there on that internet. Go to Daryl's house. It's the best music show in the history of this third rock from the sun. So I'm very excited about that. The lineup's so good. I just started listening to this guy, Eli Paperboy Reed, who's like really awesome. And I happen to go back and be like, oh my God, he did Daryl's house. This is great. It is crazy, the people that you see. Well, for you, these might be like some of the younger people you might get to first. I don't always get a chance to hear some of these younger people. You know what I mean? It's very hard for people to pop up anymore. Yeah, it's fucking r ridiculously hard to find someone. And if I was a young kid with a record, or wanted a record deal, or just had this record deal, but was doing the travel, I'd be calling Daryl fucking constantly. What up, Daryl? Let me come to your house, feed me, let me rock with you and your band. The band's unbelievable, by the way. Um, here's Terry. Terry, you're on my Fez. Yeah, I don't think uh, Fez was really all that mad at Zito when he first made the joke. I think it was all the callers that called in and screwed with him afterwards, and then it just kind of festered, and then he got pissed at Zito after that. Uh, what do you think, Fez? Because it did go from like a joking thing uh -huh. into you were legitimately mad, and then you threw your water in the trash. Yeah, I just think it's that Zito's going lowest common denominator because he knows the people uh, people listening despise me. And so he's just trying to join in that mob. I mean, all right, since this start, literally it was only that one joke that was right. busting your balls. And then I've done more since because I've gotten a little... I guess angrier, but every other thing I've said today had nothing to do with shitting on you. It had to do with actually eating shit off a spoon. Now, do you really think that the listeners despise you? I I think there's a, there's a group, yeah, like that Tom who called. Yeah, I th yeah, definitely. There's a group that hates me, a, a large group for the like. So I relate. We can commiserate. Hmm. Gus. Hey, Ronnie, back this show up 40 minutes. When he started that Yahoo News thing and said, Scenario, you're the one that started. You said, what? And then Zeno jumped in. You fucking started this whole thing, goddammit. And, and Fezzi, we do all fucking hate you. You make a lot of money and you suck, motherfucker. Get on off. That's coming from Kansas. You suck, Gus. He took us all down a peg. I didn't say what because I didn't understand it. And, and then I just repeated what I heard. You said deaf. What? what Def Jam. I just heard a slur. But that isn't what started. What started was when we were talking about the other guys fighting. And you were having a light fight with him. And I go, well, look, you've got to beat the fight that happened today. Uh -huh. And then you went into snapping, like having a legitimate fucking anger. And I thought maybe you were just turning that on as a bit. And I sat here like, holy shit. No, I wasn't. I mean, I don't have a lot of control of when I turn things on and off, like the crying. But I uh, so no, that just went there. See, I also felt that was kind of directed at the callers, not so much at me. So that makes me feel a little better. I was a part of it, but I felt I felt good because I got to play your dad on the phone last night, and that I appreciate. That was like very. Hugely considerate. What should I do after the losses? <laughs> Email. 
Uh, Tony, you're on running fest. Hey, how's it going today, uh, guys? Uh, Peckerlips card owner number one. Peppers. I am going to just cut you off. I'm really, I can't stand when you guys call him Peckerlips. Oh. Uh, anyways, with Fez, he kind of reminds me of, like, a pitcher that, uh, I See, now go ahead and make fun of this guy for fucking blowing it. A pitcher A who- pitcher that's... That's not you, like a good pitcher, because you're a bad caller. Good. So he's, he'd be like a pitcher, but he would be the equivalent to pitching what you are not to calling. Face. Uh, Gary, you're on my face. Oh, uh, yeah. It, I find it kind of odd that Fez and, and everybody there depends on the listeners to have a show, but yet he despises the listeners. It kind of reminds me like he's the bad guy in wrestling. You know, is he going to flop here later and all of a sudden become the hero? We've been waiting for that. We've been waiting for that. Full stone cold. You got beat up Jake the Snake. Come king of the ring. Turn everybody. No, I haven't had a face turn yet. Fez 316. Uh, Sean, you're in a Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, cocksucker, listener, card holder, I guess three. Mm. Uh, Ronnie B., this show's killing that man. You gotta let him go or send him away. Um, I mean, he hates everything. He hates subways. He hates life, elevators. I know I'll get, I will get, I will get the emails today. And I won't, I'm not even making this up, holding me personally responsible for everything that's happened with Fez, what's going to happen with Fez, what I should do with him, what I shouldn't do. That's fucking ridiculous. It isn't ridiculous. People are concerned about you. People are concerned about you. That's all. There's a lot of people who like you, and they're worried about you. But that, but that doesn't mean Ron's responsible. People think that I should step in and say to the company, Fez needs to go away for a while. I have done that before. I mean, when you went away last time, it wasn't your idea, it was my idea. But you went up there and faked it. You didn't let them know what's really going on with you. You just tried to say, you know, I'll do everything they say till I get out of here. You're fucking planting flowers or whatever the hell. Paintball, I think. I don't know what the hell. Kickball or some shit. But, you know, at some point, I don't know if any of these shrinks know what's going on with you. Yeah, but that's not... I mean, that's me. That's my fault. Well, it is your fault. Nobody's responsible. Yeah, I mean, we're all responsible for each other. Why would you put up a thing that says four wins? I'm just saying... Fuck. Why don't you get that in for that? There's this giant Four Winds logo while we're trying to have a conversation. He does that kind of stuff a lot. Oh, I know. I, well, it, there's when you're sitting at the computer and you feel like you can't like say anything during a moment, you're like, let me contribute by putting up a picture. I've done the same thing. They'll see it and be able to say more stuff. Take that off. Hmm. Here's Bob in Ohio. Bob, Hello? once, twice, yeah. Hey, does, don't let them take it. Don't take their shit. You know, there's a lot of listeners out here that actually like you. Yeah, I don't always agree with what you have to say, but you definitely give it a human touch. 
because you actually share your emotions. Your name's on the show. Why do you take any shit off anybody? Have, you know, have some confidence that your name's on the show. Ron, you're awesome. I mean, you guys got a great show. Back I off. enjoy listening to you. Back off, dude. I don't need that. Um, so, Fezzi, what do you say to that? I don't want us to get into advice show mode. No, I don't want to do that either. But what happens there? No, it's just I get I I'm already freezing up having normal conversations. Right. And then when apparently I screw something up, I didn't even hear it. What did you say? Uh, apparently, I said "deaf" instead of "death." Mm. And did you one. think it was the Eagles of Death Metal or the Death Jam Eagles? Death Either one songs. sounds right. And then when the barrage starts and you're and I'm already having trouble communicating, then it's just uh, just makes it difficult. Um, here's Keith. Keith. Keith, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, hey, Fez. I don't like either one of you cocksuckers. I'm a Pepper Hicks fan myself, but quit calling us cocksuckers. I'm, I'm straight. That's the worst thing you can call straight guys, hey? Okay? I didn't yeah, call anyone yeah. cocksuckers. I'm pretty sure you said cocksuckers. I don't think I so. I think you did. I think early on you said, during your initial rant, you said cocksuckers. I I'm like if I had to bet on it, I would. Maybe I'd lose money on this. I remember a sea sucker in there. But I'm fairly sure I heard cocksucker. I'm gonna investigate. Finally. And by that, I think you meant male cock. It's very weird because I don't don't even like to use the c word that Rihanna loves. Well, you didn't say cunsucker. No, but I mean, I don't usually say words like that. You say cocksucker. I've heard you say it before. I, I dropped, uh, I, you know, I'll say fuck quite a few times, but I don't usually go much beyond that. Hmm. Good for Yana. Saying cunt constantly. Mm-hmm. This is a word. She's eating jerk chicken, doing God knows what else. Now, uh, we'll get back to this fucking the redneck who said whatever he said about Obama and then ESPN pulled him off. Yeah. Uh, do you think that he should have been suspended? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm not. I'm personally, I'm not taking him seriously and what he's saying seriously. Right. Um. And the fucking guy's just fucking playing music for fucking Monday Night Football. It is the stupidest job in the world, the job that he has. I can't believe he's been doing it this long or what he would hope to get out of it. <laughs> but I saw the Fox and Friends thing, and he came on kind of surly, even to be with. Yeah. I'm not offended by it. No. I mean, I think it's fucking Matter funny. of fact, I don't remember anybody being offended. It's just really, you know, the real difference here, and people are going, oh, freedom of speech. It isn't like a group of people tried to get him knocked off ESPN. No, the NFL made the fucking choice, right? I don't know, either ESPN or oh. the NFL. I think but ESPN it, did. But it wasn't like the million mothers or whoever the hell, no. you know, contacts people or the Reverend Al Sharpton group. Uh, I actually have more of a problem with that than if your own company 
says shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I could go on Fox and Friends and get in trouble with my bosses <laughs> and get suspended, you know? But that would be a lot different than if a bunch of fucking people... Some organized movement of some yeah. people who have nothing to do with it. Right. Come out to fucking try to boycott or whatever tactics they use to fuck you but over. But it didn't even become a story until ESPN yanked him. It wasn't like, well, oh, I don't he think went any, on that morning. Yeah, I don't think anyone watches Fox and Friends. I think the Daily Show played it to fuck with them. Just to Yeah, but they did that after. Well, I mean, this ESPN. happened Monday morning. Yeah. And Monday afternoon, they had made the announcement. So the Daily Show played it last night, maybe? Yeah, it was last night, yeah. So by And they, they recorded like about 5 o'clock or so. Um, but what makes me laugh is where is the country audience to blame him the way, same way they blame Natalie Maine? I mean, quite, uh, pos I'll say I'm for this guy saying whatever nutty thing he wants to say. And I'm for the Dixie chick saying whatever nutty thing they want to say. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, I would say this if I was Hitler. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, my feelings would start to get hurt. Every fucking analogy. Any bad thing comes back to me. God, those Stalin in there. Well, I think that also takes the sting out of it, because the Hitler analogy gets used so much. Uh, Todd and PA, you're in of Fez. Hey, fellas. Um, I, I think it's very obvious that Fez wants to fuck Mark Zito. And I don't know if it's the age gap it's or a if they're okay. bottoms or what, but we gotta get to get that thing together. Not exactly my type. Hmm. What is your type, Fez? You. <laughs> you bend over. Oh my God, uh, uh, Fezzy! Uh, uh, if you said that on Fox and Friends, we'd be in trouble. I would be off of Monday Night Football. Bend over like Hitler. <laughs> well, I do want to apologize to you, Fuzz. For what? S saying that you used a phrase that you obviously did not. And, Hicks, I want you to apologize to him as well. Wait, what phrase? Be a man. Well, when we said that Fez called the listeners cocksuckers, comparing them with... Uh, don't apologize. Huh? I actually, I went and found it. Oh, he God. did say, I, it's 30 seconds here. Okay. I, I'm going to play it just to confirm that I heard it. What would you like, Fez? From the be quieter on the air? I just, you know, just don't be so fake. Just, you know what? You don't have to jump on every fucking letter that what? I mispronounce. But here's you what know what? I have the fucking listeners to do it to me every fucking day of my life. And I, I, I sit down. And so I don't need you to interrupt Wait. me during a fucking sentence just so this you can really try to put up. yourself over with the same cocksuckers uh, who want to call in. Oh, God, I did. Actually, if you just go by that, it sounds like he's yelling at me. <laughs> he keeps saying you so many times, and you only hear me and him. All right, I don't mind. That I'm going to apologize. I don't like using that word, and I'm sorry that I did. And... Didn't realize that I didn't. Didn't remember doing it. Do we but, all get one free pass now, where we can all say it? Sure. Nice. I'm probably gonna waste my pass. <laughs> I'm gonna save mine. Nick, you're on running Fez. Yeah. How you doing today, Ron? How you doing, Fez? Yeah. Uh, I totally can't believe that I forgot what I was gonna tell you. All right. Well, thanks for at least checking up <laughs> on us. All right. Uh, Mike, you're on running Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Now we gotta talk about Ron Paul. Fez, go take a nap on your desk, futons. Motherfucker. <laughs>
I just really do feel bad. Like, I don't know why I'm not allowed to feel bad about this. About what? The fact you started this? It just, uh, I guess, yeah. You started it. I did. But but even, like, listening back to that clip, like, I feel, I feel fucking awful. It's terrible. It just makes me sad. Why don't you just let him do his news straight? Bezzy? Well, I'm out. Yahoo! Uh, Ron Paul uh, is calling for the president's impeachment. That was after the American-born Al-Qaeda leader was uh, killed on a, in a drone attack. He's saying that going after an American citizen that way without due process would be a reason for impeachment. So it was Obama that was running the drone? Uh, he gave the order. Mm. The RonPaul.com. RonPaul2012.com as well. Uh, Adam, you're on Fez. Hey, the reason why we like Zito now is because he stopped squaring off to Fez all the time and started just jumping in with some every now and then with some damn good lines. But Fez, he's just now hitting his stride. I mean, if you you jump on him for, for this one thing, it's just going to take him back down. What do you say to that, Fezzy? I'm saying that people ask me why I was upset, what I get pissed about, and I gave an honest answer. Hmm. Well, the thing is, though, his point was you're supposed to be like Zito's mentor in your own kind of weird way, you know? And, like, instead of sitting quietly with Zito off the air where you like him, why don't you go, hey, I know you're getting in some good lines. How about going in this direction or that direction? You know, like being happy for some of his successes that he's been having with the listeners lately. You're right. I should do that. But now it's not going to be genuine. You're just going to do it because you feel like... Yes, he has to do it. (laughs) I'll send a memo to both of you. The Fez compliment you at least twice a week. What would you like to compliment him on now? Um, That death line? Yeah, good one. Thank you. Classic. I'll pull it for a promo. David, you're on Fez. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think Zito is, is kind of like a Sam. He's, he's just a shit starter, starter and he's, he's passive-aggressive, and, right. you know, he constantly uh, makes little fucking comments. He that, does that, but I'll, I'll never pick up for Zito, but he's nowhere near as bad as Sam, and he would never abandon his partner on a Saturday. Not as much shit stirring at all. Sam is just downright awful. He loves just stirring it up. I fight hey, by the way, this was very weird. Uh, as we were going to air today, because we shut the curtains here, the lady with, from HBO who brought in our guest goes like this. Oh, why do they shut the curtains when you're in here? Like we were going to rape them. <laughs> That's not good. Come on. It's just a little fucking curtain And closing. I go with the curtains shut. It's our word against yours. That's right. Whatever oh. happens in here. Oh, God. What are you doing, Fez? Answering your Facebook stuff? No, just Facebooking. Uh, looking for some news. He looks for news during the show. News. I really thought Sam was going to have caused the biggest fight today, but I think we did end up topping him. Which is really... I wouldn't mind hearing some of their fight. I'll find that. Also, Sam had come back here before to... Alright, why don't we break... 
We'll come back and we'll talk about the Sam fight on his show. Okay. It's Rana Fez. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just... You know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Show on a Tuesday. I already said Daryl Hall will be in here uh, Thursday. All excitement level. All right, so you have the uh, fight that happened on Sam and Dave's show today? Yes, I do. I do call it the Sam and Dave show because that was the way it was originally pitched. Then they waited a year and just gave it to Sam. All right, so this is between our buddy Mars and our buddy Danny. Uh, without even hearing it, and I haven't heard any. Hicks, whose side are you on? I am on Danny's side. Fez? I'm on Danny's side. Seats? I got to go Mars. All right, I'm going to go with Danny without even hearing it because... Squeaky Mike. T-shirts against versus everyone, the way I see it. And that is... Management, engineers, and sales all line up against the guys near the mics. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a little listen to see who's right and who's wrong here. Of the yeah. show itself? In the beginning, not now. Not like, oh, I'm trying to get you to say something stupid. In the beginning. In the beginning, I, yeah. had, I, had, uh, I had my problems. Because you didn't get it. Uh, I got a lot of things. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of things that you... All right, before we go anywhere, shit stir, it's all fucking Sam. <laughs> what happened that time between you guys, that's all Sam. All right, let's go. Oh, yeah. To build uh, 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 just tolerance for... And tolerance, have and, and realize skin. And realize what it's done in... Fun. We do right. it all, like, right. this is what we do. At right. first, you know, I didn't understand this. Never heard, you know, listen to Howard Stern or any shock jocks. So you didn't get so it. I, I wasn't getting the humor with the... Racial stuff and yeah, and the, the you know the kid touching. You didn't like that, especially with all the kid touching that went on in your family. I didn't know you know that, that, that you know that should yeah. I had to uh, all of a sudden it's his bread and butter and he likes the show though. Right? Exactly yeah. pays my fucking mortgage. fucking That's show. right. Exactly get it fucking right. It pays the fucking exactly. mortgage. Well, so I love the yeah. fucking mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Did you get? Did you get used? What's wrong with that? Did you get used to everything? it and actually like the like show? What? What's everything, oh, Danny? Come on, okay. you you directing shit to me. What's everything? Well, isn't that kind of like sell outy? How do you figure sell out? I'm just trying to answer your stupid you, you didn't question. Like, you didn't like the show, but you, you because it, it gives you put, put Danny, money you know in your pocket, now you love the show. You know what it is, Danny? What is it? You're ignorant, bro. So I'm going to tell you okay, in your tell face. Me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you in your tell face. Me, tell I'm me about just, all my ignorance. I'm then. just going to go ahead and provide you with the answer that you okay. fucking want, all right? Go for but it. But the truth of the matter is that it does pay for the mortgage, right? So after I have my bills paid for, then I can think freely and accept shit. Now I like the show. And there's people that are on the show that I like very much. 
Just like there's people on this show that I don't fucking like. Yeah, who aren't who? here anymore. Okay, who don't you like? That's not a concern of yours. Yeah, I would like to the know ones what's that on. I, the, <laughs> Who don't you I like? Have to, I, I love Opie, I love Danny and Jimmy. You love Opie, Danny, and Jimmy? You just said I love Opie, Danny, and Jimmy. He's not the smartest, bro. He's not the smartest guy. You meant Anthony. I meant Anthony. Okay. So <laughs> you got confused a little. You love Opie, Anthony, and Jimmy. Yeah. That's now you're talking. There are staff members you like? Yeah, I love all the guys that could fire me. That's who I love. <laughs> They're not. Most, and there are staff members you don't like? Most of the staff members that I had issues with are not here. Anymore. Most, though. Not all. Well, there's a couple that have the good and bad days. We all do. Right. Right? Right. One day we're talking. Right. Next day you're not talking to me anymore. Type of shit, you know? What do you so mean? You gotta get used to that kind of shit. I don't, I don't know what you mean. You know exactly what I mean. Well, who doesn't talk to you? That's not important. Well, yes, saying, it is. I'm just saying. One day, Are you talking you know, about Danny? Cool. One day we're cool, and then all of a sudden we're is not cool Is he talking anymore? about you? Probably. He doesn't like to just come out and say what the deal is. That's why he has to tiptoe around everything. Yeah, but you think uh, he is? For some reason, he, think, he thinks like radio is just stretching things out for as long as they can go. Yeah, no, no. Me and Mars aren't talking. The first time that we've talked to each other in probably six months is on this after show. How come you're not talking? Why? Why? See? Why? Did you guys ever fall you know out? There's, there's enough times when you just, you, can't, you just can't anymore, and you just go, fuck it, it's not worth it to talk to this person no more. I'm a better person with them not in my life. So what? I don't. Was there any catalyst? Um, just general attitudes. You know he's, what I mean? giving you an attitude? No, it's just like some people, they can't accept when, like sometimes you just gotta admit when you're wrong and be like, oh, you know what, I didn't know that, I'm sorry. You're right. But that never happens with Mars. That's so, not true. I say I'm wrong all the time because I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> well, it didn't, it didn't happen in that particular instance. I don't even know what you're talking about. Talking about he knows exactly what the fuck he's talking no, about. No, so, so, no, 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 so, no, no, no. And it's not like... Now let's do this. Hang on. You're talking bullshit in a round. Well, to be specific. I dir we directed the shit to you, not directed shit to me. Okay, tell so, me what it is. So, so we had an issue with, uh, with an Apple TV. And after that day, Mars decided he didn't want to oh talk to me anymore. Oh my god, you're a so petty little bitch. Man. I'm a petty bitch. You're the one yeah, that stopped. You're, you're the fucking bitch. one that stopped talking to me, you dumb a, fuck. I did not. Yes, you did. You I did not. Petty who's bitch. You're the one that runs around getting motherfuckers who, fired. You're a fucking asshole, buddy. You're a douchebag. Don't fucking run around hey, here talking about talking something. about who. Let me tell you something what? about Go being ahead. a douchebag. Fuck you and whoever the fuck you're trying to fucking. Fuck you, buddy. You can call me petty. You're the one that fucking does. You're the one that. You're the one that didn't talk to me, buddy. You can come in and say hi to me whenever you want. Anytime you want. You know where I sit. You think that I fucking hide behind you thrones? If you fuck with me, I will throw you under the bus, just like you do, motherfucker. Just like you do in the fucking uh, meetings. Every time you bring really? up my because yeah, you're in yeah, meetings, yeah. motherfucker. You think that by bringing shit up in the meeting, what do I bring up? Be specific. You want to be specific? Be specific. Because there's been so many fucking incidents. Right, you, can, you can't. You're a little that's fucking asshole. Good. And so what? Right, I mean, so like, are you, little Derek? Th that's well, who you want to bring up. You want to bring up Derek. You remember we're on the air. Naming names. No, but you're bringing up. Everybody remember we're on the air. You want to be direct? I'm direct too. Fuck you! You want to be an asshole no, and treat me like a fucking asshole? You, you, no, you're too. an asshole because you're the no, one that fucking. You're the, you're the one that decided that all you were going to do is talk, walk. Danny. That's all you can do ever, ever talk, talk, talk. It, it's all the radio. You, you, what you're else? Actually, are we yeah, supposed but, to do it? No, but what we're talking about is off air. It has nothing to do yeah, with the off fucking the air. You stopped man talking to me, motherfucker. You decided that you didn't want to talk to me, so I didn't talk to you, Danny. You must. And then you called me petty on the air. Fuck that! I ain't having it, Danny. You must be crazy, cause bro, you look at me in my fucking face in the morning and you don't say shit to me. Why should I fucking talk to you? You're the one that walked. Out in the huff when we had an argument, acted like a bitch. You acted like a bitch, and you fucking you took your ball and left. Why the fuck would I want to talk to someone like that? Because you're a fucking idiot. Because I'm trying to tell you what the issue was, and you totally ignored what I was saying in the middle of talking to you. You're you about fucking the TV? 
Yeah, you fucking, you fucking turn your face on me. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? Stand there and beg for your attention? You're a piece of shit. Fuck you. You can fucking drop dead right now. I don't give a fuck. You're a piece okay? of shit. You can call there me a piece of shit all you want. I can call you a piece of shit. I don't care. I should. It's never going to affect it. me that Mars called look, me a piece of shit. And boss. the other thing about this too, yeah. so the boss is here, it doesn't affect our fucking job. He still talks to me in reference to work, and I still talk to him in reference to work. So it has nothing to do with the show. But personally, you can suck balls and die, motherfucker. And I, will, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't shed any tears. Okay? And I will say, uh, let me just... Balls, yeah, one, one, that fight just now was brought to you by Trojan Bearskin Condoms, Trojan America's number one most trusted condom brand. Yeah, right. Everybody fucking loves you, Danny. Think about that shit, right? What the fuck are you talking about? They love you in this fucking company, right? Everybody no, everybody really hates me. Yeah, exactly. and, they, and they hate you, exactly. too. Uh, you think so? Probably. Yeah, you fucking want to make it that way. It ain't. That ain't true. <laughs> Whatever. You're just making shit up. Just like you do. It didn't talk shit all the time. You make shit up. I don't work. Motherfucker, I you, work more than you, motherfucker. Really, do you? What the fuck do you do? What are you doing what right now, fuckface? What are you what did I just do this fucking show? What did I just what, do just yeah, now before I walked yeah, in here? What did you just do? Get, get paid for an hour before for I doing, in here. doing what? What did you just do for the fucking company for the last hour besides just hang out doing nothing on this fucking show? On this show? What did I do for the past hour? You stupid fuck. I just changed the fade in Studio 7 that was giving Whoa! them a fucking problem. You just asked me what the fuck I did. What? You, this is a fucking asshole. How come every you time, just asked me what I did. How show needs you for something? You're never around. When did they need me, fucking I don't asshole? Know, like every Danny, day. When did they Where's need Mars? me? Where's Mars? I don't know. I called him four times. I don't know. I guess I'll, I guess I'll get to it when he, when See, he gets Danny, to it. See, Danny, you're a fucking liar. That's not, you, not lying. Fucking liar. That's never Who a lie. Who called me? That's never lying. Who called me? I never called you. I never said it was today, fuckface. So when, when was the last time someone called me and I wasn't there for them? <sighs> I don't know. Probably like last week or two weeks ago. So I don't you know. Name the incident. Mars. And you know what's happened before. Danny, you're full of shit, Danny. <laughs> you just want to say that Whatever, I don't man. I'm not going to let it bother you just, me. You know, yeah, exactly. It doesn't bother me either. You come on the air, you throw jabs all the time. You I sound don't more bothered. I will say this. Danny, you know what it is? Because oh. out in the open now, I don't fucking like you. I don't you're care, a fucking little prick. And it, yo, let me tell you, man. Care. As a man, you ain't shit, bro. <laughs> you're a fucking little piece of... You're nothing, man. Cool. You don't even act like a man. I'm telling you right now, you because know, we spend so much time. We don't together. have to fight. We don't have to fight to prove to each other that uh -huh. we're men. We can fucking deal with one another intellectually, civilly, okay, and not fucking. You're, you're not a fucking man. You're a little fucking worm. I don't know what that means. You squirm. You fucking. How do I squirm? Go behind people's really? back. You throw names. Go behind people's yeah. back. Yeah. Holy we shit, Mars. No, I don't go. I'll, I'm direct. Holy you know. shit, Mars. You, go, ask me any question. Go ahead. I'm not trying to cut anybody off. Go ahead. And I'm Danny, I'm not. Direct. You know, I'm not trying to cut you yeah, or Mars off because yeah, I'm about this uh -huh. going forever. I know, but yeah. we do have. To, it's time to. I never had a plan to keep a job here, and I never got anyone fired. Bye bye. Secret show future.com, baby. Nobody beg. See, okay. you just look at you no, making shit right up. Okay. Face. I'm not Make, making shit up just because I right tell here. you. I'm right here. Yeah, nobody begged. Nobody. What are you talking about? Nobody begged. Now you know. No, right, no, we'll no, you're full of shit. You just say shit up in the air like that, and it's not true. You have no substance behind what you just said. All right, we'll continue. Go, go, go engineer something. We'll continue this when we can, Mars. We got to cut it off. Okay. Ron and Fez are coming up next. Happy 17th anniversary. Hey, isn't, it great? Anthony. isn't it great, it's right great. here? Love it. See you Every later. <laughs> wow. That was way better than when Fez and I fought. <laughs> yeah, that makes you and Fez look like two stunted fucking nobodies. <laughs> no. Seriously. Uh, you both should be embarrassed about yourselves, even comparing the fight. Uh, that, I don't know. To me, there's only one way to s uh, handle this, and that's we put a ring up. Oh, definitely. That Settle it in happen. the fucking ring. Mm-hmm. Fucking go down. But, Zeets, I want you and Fez to look at each other and say we're just pussies who fucking brought nothing to it. Um, 
Is Sam fucking laying low now? Uh, Sam's around. He's uh, he's right. Hey, who's here? Pit Doc. Oh, we'll our buddy Pit Doc. Yeah, he's up. He's brought some of those sandwiches from Nick DeFonte's. The oh, breakfast sandwiches. Oh, that I've been waiting fucking eight weeks for. Yes. Oh, shit. It takes Pit Doc to fucking organize this place. Let's bring him by. Pit Doc coming through with the delicious breakfast sandwiches. And have Sam stop sandwiches. in. Uh, Tom, you're on Runa Fez. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, first off, I don't think Sam's stirring shit up. He's oh, he's stirring shit stop. up. It's a giant pot of shit. He's creating great fucking radio. You can't tell me that ain't great. And second, Well, here's the thing. You also have to go long term. There's no doubt, like any reality show, Sam got a nice, quick blast out of this. But long term, are we all going to say to ourselves, was that worth it? Was that worth it? Yeah, that's a pretty damn good observation. I'm going to uh, ask yeah. Sam right now. He just came in. Sammy? Yeah? In the long run, uh huh. if you broke up that show today... The Mars and Danny show? You know what show I'm talking about You're because excited. you have a show that takes sides. And I heard some things that I didn't even know ever happened before behind the scenes, and I work here. The Who Got Who Fired. Whoa. Yeah, well, I mean... Mars is behind getting people fired? I don't know if that's the fact. Those are theories. I like somebody uh, I, on my team help Pit Doc. I know it's fun to watch, yeah. but Pit Doc is the first guy in nine weeks was able to come off with this sandwich, and no one else has been able to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody... He doesn't specifically have the power to get anybody fired, so... But he ratted. That's the rumor. Now, what did he have to rat? What did he lie about? I don't know, and I don't want to speak out of turn in terms of what Danny because meant by you're that. Not, because you know, a shit star never takes any kind... What just happened there, Zietz? <laughs> Fez left the building. No, I was coming in to do something as Fez was leaving, and we bumped into each other, and I think maybe startled. I, I was startled. But why would he leave the show? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Alright, tell us what these sandwiches are. Hey, talk. Jump right there. These are always to figure like this out. Ronnie, you got uh, four roast beef sandwiches from Defonte's. You got two of the potato and egg sandwiches with yeah. Virginia ham, and you got one chicken <laughs> cutlet sandwich. I also brought dessert, some nice raspberries to have afterwards. You know, dessert is part of the meal. Yes, and I brought real cokes and real glass bottles. Wow, that's old school. Nice Good work, picked up. So on. this is the famous egg sandwich right here. How is it? Fucking delicious? Because it looks fantastic. And of course, I failed on getting these sandwiches from Red Hook oh. up into the Midtown. Looks like the package says 21 plus. Which they have <laughs> one on 21st Street now. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Not the original, but okay. How is it? <laughs> Don't you worry about it, Pepper. <laughs> this is something that shouldn't even bother you. Oh, it does. Oh, it's Personal delicious. Failure. Go, good. I'm glad. Compared to the kind of stuff that's normally around here for breakfast, delicious. All right, Sam, let's go back to you Okay. and the problems that you start. Well, I don't think I started anything. Mars and Danny were both in here, and they were kind of jabbing at each other. And when people are in here together, I don't like little jabs going back and forth. I'd rather, you know, everything be out. This is why I'm afraid to do your show. I don't want to end up 
on some kind of crazy show where everybody's screaming it's and like yelling. Fucking Morton Downey Jr. is like expose <laughs> left and right. Uh, you're going backwards for it, but it works. I think Sam was smoking in here before, blowing smoke in someone's face. I wasn't. That's not true. To get back to this, yeah. You yourself finally once in your life take a sit stand. Are you with Danny? Or are you with Mars? In this scenario, I got to stick with Danny. I mean, we're on the team. Right. You know? It's the guys on the air against everybody. Yeah, I, I, I can't really go against Danny. I mean, it'd be one thing if Danny was arguing with E-Rock or something like that, but... And exactly. Squeak down. <laughs> now it started clicking, as we found earlier today. The mics click? It vibrates. Now I feel like I... What the... Now I feel like I chose wrong. Because I chose Mars only because Mars wow. and I had, had problems in the past, and now we were buddies. What was, what was the problems you had in the past? I don't know. Uh, remember you had us in here one day, and I shook his hand the wrong way? He oh, didn't yeah, like it. he said he hated you in the beginning. Yeah. 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 But then we, we got past that, I thought, so we're, I think we're, we're, we're he good. He tried to take control of his soul. Yeah, it was like a, a handshake thing. I turned it over. Which Did we I all try to get Mars fired? No, no, I mean, I don't think anybody needs to get anybody fired. And that's Who why did he get fired? I don't know who he got fired then, and I'd probably... Why are you lying? That, well, Mars referenced Derek on the air. Who got him fired? Mars did or Danny? Danny said, Mars, you get people fired. And Mars said, you must be talking about Derek. And then they quickly moved on from that topic. And that's why I also was reminding them that they were on the air... Because they were probably getting into business that they didn't I necessarily want. I Derek was one of the real hard workers. Was that crazy about that? No, no, no. He was always a very hard worker. But he doesn't work here anymore. You I've seen lazy. I'm not a lazy guy. And that's about it. You're about the only, yeah, out of that whole staff. <laughs> so it's I used to think it was the whole staff that was lazy. Just because you're not as good as Pepper. Uh -huh. But you're all better than Zito. So oh, I have to Except give. for me or... No, you and Zito are about the same. You're oh, shit okay. stirs. I, I thought I wasn't a shit stirrer. I thought we... Did you see what just happened today? With the Mars and Danny? <laughs> no, yeah. you know what? I was very proud of you till, until fucking... I just got embarrassed when I listened back and heard two real fucking well, guys going So out. did I. It was like I didn't remember how that fight happened in my head. I thought they were comparable. And then I was like, nah. No, they weren't. That's they weren't what, at all. Like, that's what was going... There was real tension between those two. And they were in there kind of just jabbing at each other. And I thought... What are we addressing here? Because they were kind of every time another topic came up, Danny would take a little shot at Mars, or Mars would be a little strong with Danny, mm -hmm. and like the listeners pick up on that. Yeah, they do. So I want to know what's going on here, Don. Don, you're on Red Fez. Hey, I just want to make a comment on Danny. Yeah, it seems like he has a problem with everybody, and he always backs out of the when it's about to get physical. But he's the one escalating it, cursing it, calling everybody names. He had a problem with Steve. He had a problem with Mars. He had a problem with Kenny. He just seems like he's a little warm. I like Danny. I like what he does, but he seems like a little warm. I've known Danny for six years now. Never had one fucking problem. Fuck no. He's, no. A, he's no. a hothead. He's got a temper. I don't know. Um, and he's definitely had fights with a lot of people, but, you know, he's also... But it's, it's all verbal. Is he fights. right he or never, wrong, though, he, when he fights? He never gets physical. He always... Whenever it's well, a how can he get physical? He's a fucking work. Yeah, we're... <laughs> nobody here has gotten physical with anybody, but... I mean, he's right and wrong. He's been right before, he's been wrong before, you know? I mean, he's Why gotten... is your show always going to start this trouble? Well, I didn't start the trouble. It was in here in front of my eyes, and I wanted to be forward with it. And then and the not... other thing is, why did you back out on Eastside Dave? I didn't back... Well, Are you I didn't... be there this week, then? No, no, no. I'm not going to be there for the rest of October, at least. But I'm not going to say I backed out on him. I mean, Dave and me talked about this. Well, 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 look who it is. 
for more stories, it's our own Jay Moore. <laughs> Not since Afa left Sika high and dry with the Samoans. Have I seen a tag team partner so disrespectful as Sam as the Dave? It's I'm true. not disrespectful at all. I, I said on the air, uh, I love Dave. You know what you did? You kicked him through the barbershop window, No, my no, friend. no. This is <laughs> you not a heel You kicked him through turn. the fucking barbershop window. And Dave is and no that, Marty Jannetty. Seriously, that I don't Whoa. fucking respect. This is not a heel turn. I'm very fond of Dave. So what are you going to do for October? Anytober. How are you going to spend your Anytober? I love Anytober. What are you doing every Saturday? Well, this Saturday I'll be in Kentucky with some Whoa. family. Yeah. You know, so I got some plans. And what are you doing? What's in Kentucky? You getting lucky? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, no, I'm not. I don't have plans every single Saturday, but I didn't want to keep coming in. So you, just, so you put your job aside, and all the people. What's Brazilian Julie going to listen to? You know how much he loves and looks forward. Dave will still be on, and I, and, and Dave's very entertaining, and I know that Brazilian well, Julie hey, will well, still be. Let's not piss on each other and say it's raining out. I heard Dave going solo. It was a fucking abomination. It was against God's will. You didn't like him solo. I called as a cat. It was a mess, Ron. It was yeah. horrible. He just keeps yelling fucking suck and shit season, fartsies. It's like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, okay. He needs somebody He needs the Sam. He needs, you know, he, he needs that cool-headed level Sam. With the I tried to report. bring fucking Pep into it. <laughs> Pep. Originally got fucking strong in front of the bosses, and I'm like, let's just stop it where we are now. <laughs> let's all take a step back. God forbid any of these young guys should think, oh, having a fucking podcast running nationally on Sirius Radio was anything other than a great thing. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm doing some behind the scenes fucking shit to say that Pepper more or less turned it down. He did a how much money turn, will you get? I didn't turn down uh, yet. When you start to fucking do that, Pep, I fucking rushed you out of the fucking office. Yeah, it was quick. And because it oh, just Pepper was got suspicious. offered something and was like, he was on the fence. Like, I don't know if I should do something good with my life. I, you know, I just <laughs> want to stay hydrated. Yeah, it's the, it's the whole fucking thing. You know what? To Pepper's credit, why complicate things? All right. You're right. Ronnie, I heard yesterday I got on the uh, Twitterverse. Right. And everybody was all shitterversed out saying that after I got off the phone with you guys, somehow Fez had cast doubt into your mind and you were backing out of the podcast because Fez... I didn't know you. it was a setup. I thought we were going to be on there as two buddies and fucking Fez said you'd, you'd be going for cheap shots. You'd be fucking making... You'd be asking nothing but personal questions. No, I told About you family and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know no, that he does no, that. No, 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 no. Well, I you, didn't if know. You, if you had listened to like the last episode with Burt Kreischer... We just sit and talk nonsense. Yeah, I don't want I'm that either, go, though. I'm going to be part of a show. Not, well, you know what? You outline how you'd like my podcast to go, <laughs> and I'll fucking make it happen for you. I want you on the podcast because you're the guy I like talking to the most. You're the guy that makes me laugh the most. I don't want to get into your fucking childhood and shit. It I just, just seems like, you know... You know, I mean, I never bring up about being molested as a kid or what? being right. in fucking reform school or what? any of that shit. Jesus. I bring and, it up. I want you to act it out. Yeah, but see, the thing is, I didn't even know that. Fezzy laid it on me yesterday. I, I wasn't sure what was going on. It sounded like uh, my friend was walking into a trap. Fez, how long have you known me? A long time. I you flowers and Black Belt magazine as an apology <laughs> for any miscommunication you and I had. Who says to you all the time, whatever you need, Fez, I'm your guy. 
I know what you're going through because I went through it. I just didn't have a radio show that I had to go to every day. I had the luxury of time. I would ne What the fuck good would it... I mean, you got to admit, Fez, that's kind of crazy talk that I would set up Ron Bennington and like, ha-ha, get it? I've been friends with you guys for eight years and I just flush you down the toilet for a little fucking gag. Well, a lot of times I don't know if you're... Oh, what's the right word? In control. Like you might get into a conversation and then not even realizing you're going too far. And you know what you do, Fez? You look over at the engineer and you go, let's take that part out. And he nods. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. It's me and Ron talking, Fez. Don't complicate winning. I just had to look out for my friend. Cause I, I know, I, but you looked out for him in a way where Ron was like, yeah, I don't want to fucking do this. And it was just an easy hand-in-glove thing. Like, hey, let's sit and talk. And then Ron made the joke. I think what got your hackles up, what was a red flag for you, was when Ron said, so basically you stole Unmasked. And then you, Fez, sat there quietly going, wait a minute, Unmasked. You really ask a lot of questions. You go all the way back to when you start. And that's not what it is. It's... With Eric Roberts, it was one out of 13 podcasts because the guy fucking ran guns as a child with his, with his dad. It was, he had a stutter. It was interesting. And that's it somehow different where, than other people's childhoods? Huh? All right. What was that? I want you guys to work it out, Fezzi. I want no, you, what? I want you two to work it out. Ronnie, I'm still apprehensive. The podcast, the 202 friends, and all the people that listen to the Ron and Fez show. They've listened to the ones that have listened to the podcast. They can just let you know it's just two guys fucking sitting around bullshitting. Like if if you and I were driving to Atlantic City together Ugh. and just got into a wacky conversation, you go, "Wow, that last hour is fucking hysterical." We should put that shit on iTunes. That's what it would be. See, I don't know if that makes Ron comfortable. Well, you don't have to worry about my comfortability. I'm always comfortable. But you just said that. Well, forget what you said. I like that Fez says, I don't know if two friends talking and having laughs would make Ron comfortable. Yeah, but it's, you know, is it going to be an interrogation? Uh, we've already Fez, been through that, Fez. Fez. Let me you tell can't you keep something. asking the same question as, over and over. Fez, as your friend, the last thing you want to do is fuck this up for all the listeners. Oh, oh shit. shit. Fuck. That's... Fucking veiled threat. I love it. God damn. I can tell by Fez's silence that you got a little, uh, I don't even know what that sounds man. I can't even tell you. Thrown off. You're not eating any of the egg here. Eat some uh, egg. No, 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 no. That's you. That's you, boss. No. I don't Eat deserve. some egg. No, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, if you insist, though. Come on, yesterday <laughs> you fucking said you didn't want to do a podcast with my buddy fucking Dave. Eat some egg. Hey, Pepper Hick. No. Yes, Jay Moore. You'll understand this. Let's say you got a credit card. And it's <laughs> That's what it's science fiction. He's not going to understand yeah, that. Yeah. Sure. And it's got $1,000 left. Now, you started with like $100,000, and okay. now you're down to $1,000 of credit. Uh-huh. Ronnie B. getting blown out of this podcast because of your insecurities, now you're in the fucking hole with $1,000. Oh, Jesus Christ. Come on, Fez. Don't ruin this. <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't you trust me? thrilled to be sitting in a room with Ronnie. I think you would be, and I think you're enthusiastic, and that's what I worry about, that you're going to be so enthused to be talking to Ronnie that you're going to go to places that Ron wouldn't want you to. What, what fucking places do I not want to go to? When have I ever said, uh, I have, I'm fucking cut off to this and that? What am I, living in a fucking shroud of shame? 
Huh? No, it no, did, but you did. said you didn't. But the the worry was that Jay would start getting into who, all kinds of personal who stuff. Who had the fucking worry? I got I no did. worry. I did. Guys, listen to what you're worried about. Good time, laughing, personal. Those are the two words you used. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm your sponsor now. Well, it's... Would you like to do the podcast? Is that it? Is it because you didn't invite it? You want to come with me? No, that's all right. Come no. On, come with me. What about it? You know what? That's, that might even be a better idea. A Ron and Fez podcast where, I mean, I don't know how you guys got hooked up. I don't know how you met Fez. How does Fez love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So, like, I don't know you want to do, Fez, me and you? No, I don't want to do that. I just Why? You want it to be Ron and Fez? No, I, I, I just don't think we should do it. Why not? I, I don't know what I, I feel like right now, like I'm being set up. Fez, have you ever listened to my podcast? I have not checked it out yet. Then you admit that your medical opinion means nothing. Fez, you can't, you don't want this to happen, Fez. You don't want you, I'm telling you, it's a good thing. It's an easy thing. It's two guys. I mean, Wait. Ronnie is the most fascinating guy, Any of whether he wants to admit it or not. Ronnie's the guy, Opie, me, Anthony, Jimmy, all of us. We all go, this is the fucking guy that could talk us into Robin Banks. Something about, he's the goddamn Pied Piper of comics and actors and musicians. Everybody loves to talk to Ronnie. I want to extend that for an extra hour and a half on my podcast. Just talking to Ronnie. And Fez. I'm not going to get into fucking Danny Aiello's son, like weird sh- Like Danny brought all that weird shit to the table himself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what kind of weird shit's going to come up. No weird. Listen to the fucking podcast before I you I might talk some mouth. weird shit, Fezzy. Maybe once in my life I can express myself. Hey, Fez, how we many nine-year-olds would you fight? Fez, what about you? what about you? What about you? What was that, Jay? How many nine-year-olds could you beat up in an hour? There's nothing weird about that at all, right? That's a fucking crazy thing to talk about for three hours, but you pulled it off. Having a cat go, Skippy, kissy, kissy, cookie, cookie. No one fucking said, hey, Fez, that's a little Maybe you shouldn't do it. We just let you spread your wings. All right, that's not turning me around on this. You know what, Fez? I'm telling you, I gave you the warning across the bow. This is not something you want to be responsible for having it go away. Oh, shit. Wow. Don't oh, threaten me. It's, it's a threat. threat. I'm yeah, not threatening you. Threat. I'm giving you a very pragmatic view of the situation that the fans of the Ron and Fez show are so goddamn excited. And since I started, they, if you sat down with Ron Bennington, it'd be fucking ridiculous. It would make me more happy than anything else, any guest you could possibly get. It's a silly podcast. Listen to it before you turn someone away from it, Fez. Go to the car lot. Kick the fucking tires before you right, tell me you that to come out. Promise that you'll go listen tonight. I will, I will listen and to the podcast tonight. Explain it to me. Yes. All right. That's fair. Fez. Unbelievable, man. I'm disappointed. I said I would listen and make my decision. You know what? Fuck you, Fez. Don't do it. We and Ronnie Whoa! Whoa! Wait, That's one minute you said you haven't listened to the podcast, just listen to it. Now you don't want me to. Because you said, I'll listen to the podcast, and then I'll make my decision. Well, oh, this is like, fucking Jay Moore, Fezzy. Jesus. You also said, either I agree with you, or you're threatening me with the audience. 
I did not threaten you with the audience. I was giving you, as your friend, a very clear indication. This is something that fans of the show, that you are a half-partner, 50-50 on, this is what they want to hear, and they want to hear it bad. And for you to go, hey, Ron, you know, I don't know if you should do it. Jay's going to do weird, uncomfortable shit, says many things to me, a few of which are, A, you've never listened to the podcast, uh, B, you have no idea the kind of guy I am, that I would sit down with Ronnie and sabotage him and make try to make him feel uncomfortable like I'm fucking James Lipton all of a sudden. I don't know and if you would three, do it on purpose. What the fuck are you talking about? You might not even realize you're making someone uncomfortable. Like when you threaten them with their audience. That goes back to you. Fezzy. Let's just all take a step back. Okay. I'm coming to New York, Fez. Let me tell you who I got coming on the podcast when I'm in New York. Jimmy Norton's going to do it. I got Matt Paxton. He's the clutter cleaner from Hoarders. Whoopi Goldberg. Caroline Manzo from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. This is in the week that I'm there. People that go, yeah, I'd love to do it. Sounds like a lot of fun. These people have no Fez in their life going, I don't know, Caroline, you really want to do that? I don't know, Whoopi Goldberg, Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, Tony winner. You sure you want to go there? He might ask if your real name is Tracy. That might get weird. Come on, bro. And maybe Brewer. I'm trying to get Brewer. And me and Brewer could just talk rock and roll and do Eddie Vedder impressions. All right, Jay. I'm going to be on with Whoopi. I'm sorry you got like this, Ron. And you know what? If there's any uncomfortability, then we'll just kibosh it. We'll stay friends. I'm always going to be a friend of the show. I'll always stop by. I'll always call in. But if it requires, like, a fucking screening at Fez's house, and then Fez will make his decision as to whether or not he thinks his buddy... Jay, I don't know how this thing got so big between you and Fez. Me neither. I told you I would do the fucking podcast, and then Fez... And then Fez said, I don't know if you should do it. Yeah, he said it was a huge mistake. He said it was a gigantic mistake. Ron, you're of Is there a problem average. with someone trying to look out for their friend? Ron, you're of way above average intelligence. What the sentence you just said makes me know that you do know how it got big. You agreed to do it. Your yeah. friend said, "I think this might be a mistake." That's right. the fucking problem. Big mistake. That well, did happen. Then let's not do it. That did happen. Well, just let's because whatever fans just hang out, I'll come in studio. I'll just fucking be a plug whore. We'll plug that. You know, I'm gonna be at Gotham Thursday night, meet and greet. I know a lot of fucking whackbag people will be there, and RonFez.net. I'll just plug stuff. I'll just call up and I'll plug stuff. And Fez, you back to you know, I'm I'm I don't know who knows it. <laughs> Fezzy, don't even worry about it. Just you're gonna say the same thing again. I see you going for it. I see you going for the same thing. I can tell by your silence. I'm just worried about my friend. I'm just worried about my friend. I'm just worried about my like. She thinks not. What a fucking swell guy I must be that you can't release Ron into the wild of my hotel room or in the studio there for an hour without, uh, like, Ron getting, like, coming to work the next day all fucking shook up. Like, wow, right? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand how this all happened. Let's not even make a big deal about it, Jay. I'll see you uh, in New York next week. Me and Whoopi will be there. Me and Whoopi will be there. What do you do, a podcast today? I'm going to try to get a lot... Well, I'm just, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm going to be jammed in the middle of this. No one's even going to have time to hear mine. I'll be like, oh, here comes Whoopi. Here comes the next one. No, Ronnie, you're the guy everybody wants to hear. You're, I mean, you're the one I get the emails from all these guys. Johnny Background and the Hard Rocks and I don't well, know, you know their that. name you know, by heart. 
I didn't know that. Now there's a Shawnee background. All these people are like a lot of different around, backgrounds around, around, around. out there. Yeah, a lot of background guys. All right. Look, my favorite show. Um, I don't know what to say. I just—it's so ridiculous that this could get twisted. And it's all taken care. Of. I don't know if it's a bit. I don't know if it's like a radio Jay, bit. Jay, it's all taken care of. All right, well, put a fucking muzzle on your bitch over there. Do do me a favor. Uh, you come to New York and muzzle me. What does that mean? You're going to beat him up? That was, that was a joke, Fez. No, try to shut me up. He's already threatened me with the audience. Fezzy, what do you think? You can beat up Jay Moore in a fight? It ain't going to happen. Um, Fez, you would, Fez, you could hit me 400 times. I wouldn't even make a fist. I wouldn't even do any. You do just, me a favor. Is Maria Bella going to be there at your uh, hotel room? Uh, no, that probably wouldn't go over well with me and the wife. She's she probably working on that prime suspect. You, you really like said, her, huh? Yeah, I'm a big fan. And I'm a big fan of the show, too. I've watched uh, both it's episodes. great show, man. It is a fucking great show. And that kid, Brian F. O'Byrne, he's like one of the best actors in the yeah, world. Yeah, he's strong. He's strong. Fez, I hope you know, I love you, Fez. I always have... I always will. I was just surprised that after I got off the phone, you tried to talk Ronnie out of a good thing. I love you, too, and, and I, I love Ronnie. Go. That's why I'm just trying to watch I, out. We all know. We all know. We We're all know you're watching out for Ronnie, because this is treacherous terrain. Sitting down with a comic and talking, which is basically what your show is. Uh, so I, I'm worried for Ronnie every day that he goes into that studio that something fucking crazy is going to happen to him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, all right, Jay. Hey, Pepper, you want to do my podcast? Sure, I'll come on. It'd be an honor. I don't yeah, think you be should. It would be an honor for you to do fucking <laughs> Dave's without fucking slashing him. <laughs> slashing him? Am I getting the you Dave what, deal a, or am I getting the fucking Sam deal? Here we go. We're walking out the you know, door. You know it would have been hysterical if when I asked Pepper, he just went, no. I know. We got <laughs> for comedy. All right, Jack. Uh, I love you guys. And Fez, I got you in my heart, brother. All right. Let's just stop saying all that. No, I think it's important to keep saying it because I don't want Fez like you turn the audience against me and now you want to fight me like that. Nobody's talking about fighting. It's not going to be any fighting. No one's going to fucking fight. There we go. All right, off we go. Talk to you later, Jay. Hope so. All right, bye. It's a fucking shame, man. It's a real fucking shame. All right. Uh, see, it's a fucking weird day today. It's, it's tense all over. Channel wide. Epidemic. Yeah. Fezzy. Mm -hmm. If that whole thing was because you weren't with me, absolutely you can. It'll be like uh, when O&A did that fucking cartoon show, and then they only asked me, and then Fez stood up there. Oh, we had yeah. judging tables, no. and Fez went and stood next to the judging table, <laughs> and then leaned in and started talking. And that's what I'm like... Hey, that was a little I weird. Should, huh? That was a little weird. I go, I never, you know... Am I getting a note here? No, 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 just a... What's this thing all about? No, Charles John Chuck Klosterman, an American author and essayist, it was written for the New York Times magazine, The Believer, The New York Post. It was written books focusing on American popular culture. I wrote that myself. Mr. Klosterman, Mr. Charles John Klosterman, will be here in about uh, half an hour or so. Everybody loves him. Of course, he writes over at Grantland.com, and he's got a brand new book out called The Visible Man. The Visible Man. I think it's more like about 10 minutes he should be showing up. I thought he was coming at 2.30. No, we have him till then. Oh, till 2.30? Yeah. All right. Um, 
Also, we've got a way for you to be a big winner tomorrow. The first person who calls in with the new name. Uh, well, let's do this, actually. We'll do the first person and the ninth person to call in with the new name. Whoa. That replaces Ichiban. <gasps> so you'll have to listen today and find out what that name is. Because that's how we're rolling. Earlier, I tried to set it up. I got fucking pulled off. Blah, blah, blah. Going this way, going that way. Oh. Forget it. Sorry. You're replacing Ichiban? Um, yeah, you know what I'll do? I'll do with this. I'll do with the first person uh-huh. who can tell me what the new name means. And the new name, and this will be for tomorrow, the new name is Interobang. Interobang. Interobang? The, the Interobang. Um. Or, as we say it, the Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. Oh my god. The Interobang. 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 I gotta be there for that. First and ninth. The Interobang. That's the a big moment. That sounds incredible. Oh the Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Intero. The Interobang. Fuzzy, that stuff with you and Jay Moore got very, very weird. It got very strange. Because all I did was put out my opinion. And he takes it personally. And is ready to rally the troops against me. What troops? The audience. Support the audience? Saying, I am going to pay for this if Ron doesn't do this podcast. Well, I had already agreed to it. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. What does it mean? I've heard the podcast. It's very good. Of course you've heard the podcast. I'm going to talk. And, and Fez, you're going to come with me. Because I, I don't want this to turn into another animation festival. Oh. Mm -hmm. That was a weird fucking night. Yeah, it got and well, And then Eastside Dave got naked and got up on the table. Whatever. The but point is, we're all together. And that's all that matters at this time of year, Christmas. Yeah. I don't want this to be like the fucking shit show where good friends are fighting with each other. Well, I don't know if Mars and Danny would be. Here's where I'm going to take the friends. fights for today Mars and Danny are still number one. Yes. Uh, Jay and Fezzi, number two fight. Ah! And then finally, Zeets, on the day when the audience started to like him. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. The Interobang. This isn't fair. Fez had two chances to have best fight of the day. I only got one shot at fighting. Yeah, I heard Zito when he said that he thought that fight was better than the Mars Danny fight. It was a, come on. It was okay. embarrassing. It he was, a, had it was a tremor compared to an earthquake. I was wrong. It's insane. Um, Mike, you're my Fez. Fezzy. Yes. 
Uh, is it not bad enough that you fuck up your own show every day? You got to keep Braun or try to keep Braun from doing something good. Oh, if Jay's already unleashed you, then I don't see me changing my opinion on this. Um, Maddie. What's going on, Ronnie? Yo, yeah. Fez, are you that crazy that you think that, like, everybody's out to get you, everybody's against you? Like, number one, who the fuck asked your opinion on what Ronnie should do? And isn't Ronnie a big dude? He can make his own fucking decisions? Like, why can't you just let him be happy? Why do you I, constantly I try to destroy every fucking relationship he's got? But let me just say this. I don't know why Jay took that so seriously of what Fez said. Fez just said, I don't think that you should do this. The Intero. The Intero. The Intero Bang. The Intero Bang. The Intero Bang. The Intero Bang. I gotta find out from the first and the ninth tomorrow what that means. Ooh. Yeah, you should. I mean, the dramatic music is enough, but then with the dramatic voice, I I need to be a part of it. The Intero Bang. Yeah. The Intero Bang. The Intero Bang. The Intero Bang. Holy shit. Everything's mm. changed now. What are you looking for, Mr. Klosterman? Yeah. Have you read the book? I have not. Here's what I'm worried about. Should I be alone with Chuck Klosterman? Or should you go read his book quickly to make sure this isn't a setup? I think you'll be fine with Chuck Klosterman. I don't know. That's my, that's my gut opinion there. I heard some of the stuff in that bio. I'm not sure. Essayist? Exactly. That's the same word I picked up on, Pepper. The same word. Mm-hmm. Um, here is Chris. Chris, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron. I think Fezzy's got some other motive. He says he's all concerned about you, but did he come and visit you in the hospital when you were dying? Everyone, dying. stop piling on Fez. Stockpiling? Oh, no! He was worried about that one. <laughs> I know it can happen. He was really scared. See, now he's making fun of you. Uh-huh. I don't no, even know. Yes. How'd you like that egg sandwich? It was good. Now, for fucking seven weeks, how long my producers said they're looking for this? I know. I know where it was. I just didn't know it was a second. I was told it was impossible to get. It wasn't impossible to get. I just wanted to get here hot, and I wasn't sure if I could get from Red Hook. 21st. I didn't know it was a 21st tree. I was just going for the original place, not the expansion. I'm still worried about this Intero bang. What, the Intero bang? It's the only thing that's on my mind. Um, Ezrin, you're on Fez. Hey, if it's got a sounder, that means it's important to my life. Yeah. So I need to know what that means. But, Jay Moore, I need an unmask of Ronnie B in the worst way. So keep it up. Opie, Sam, Ronnie, guys behind the scenes. Chris, you're on the Run Fez show. Fez, yeah. you ruined everything and how did i ruin this you could have a great both of you could have a great podcast we could finally figure out what happened how you guys came together it'd be, it would be great see the whole audience wants, wants to know and ronnie i know what interrogating means huh? no that only works tomorrow oh. Oh. Yeah. uh jason heard the rules 
Hey, one, Fezzy, you need to pull your own weight on the show before your opinion has any validity. And two, Sam, get your curly-headed fuck ass off the mic. We hear enough of you the rest of the day. That is true. I was invited. No, I don't remember anybody inviting you. you I invited Danny and Mars on. Yeah, I remember that. I wanted Are you guys them sure? to Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're like, where's Danny and Mars? Why can't they come in? And then I just kind of said, hey guys, Sam's here. The Intero Bang. The Intero Bang. I guess I gotta clean my ears out. The Intero Bang. I'm loving that new sounder. The Intero Bang. I just hope it doesn't mean something offensive. That would be bad. That would be bad. Horrible. Terry, you're a Fez. The Intero Bang. Is our guest ready? All right, you know I'm from uh, Grantland.com, uh, as well as many, many uh, fine books, um, uh, stuff uh, that's sold very, very well over the years. Let me get this. It's Fargo Rock City. None of his books are listed on this, though. But there are quite a few books out there. They're all very good. I own them all. And the new book is The Visible Man. Have you read this yet? I haven't gotten to The Visible Man yet. That is uh, currently in my bedroom. Whoa. Let's bring <laughs> him in. Chuck Klosterman. Closeman in studio with us. The brand new book is The Visible Man. Now, I always want to be careful with a novel not to over-explain it okay. to the audience because I, when I read a novel, I just like it to unfold. How are you when, when you pick up a novel? you like to know much about it? Um, do I like that? That's a very interesting question that I haven't thought about before. Because yeah. a nonfiction book, you sort of assume that you have to have a sense of what it's going to be. Yeah. A novel, I guess, it's more about the writing style. That's a hard question. I agree. It's about yeah. the author's voice. If you're going to trust the writer, or if it's just one of those things in life where the right book falls in you at the right exact time. Mm -hmm. There's so many books in my life that I think... If I had writ if I had read it at a different time in my life, would I've even liked it as much? Like what what examples are you thinking? Of? Well, most of the books that I read when I was younger, um, one the Tom Wolfe book, uh, which uh, was the Electric Kool-Aid uh, Acid. Acid. Okay. I read it when I was a kid. For some reason, I loved it. Recently, I saw the Kesey documentary, and I went, "Holy shit! Those guys seem like dicks." There was nothing really fun and cool about them. They were kind of bully boys. But I think at the time I was ready to, you know, go out and push the world around a little bit. Well, it's really it's interesting you say that because it that sort of 
part of the reason that this book I wrote exists. Yeah. By chance, I would ha- for a, a, a nonfiction book I was working on, I had to uh, I had to reread H. G. Wells' The Time Machine. Right. And I was living in Germany at the time, so I had to order it from like the UK Amazon or German Amazon or whatever. And the edition I got had. The Time Machine and The Invisible Man, both from H.G. Wells there. So I reread that, too. And, you know, when I read that book in, like, fifth grade, I I remember plot elements and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting when I read it as an adult was that The Invisible Man was a fucking jerk. Right. And that, to me, was the most interesting (laughs) part of it. And I started thinking, well, of course, the kind of person who would both have the mental capability to create invisibility and the weird sort of emotional mind frame to want to do that right. would have to be this essentially unlikable egocentric person but that's just how it is when you read a book when you're young you don't think about things like that you kind there's certain things you take at face value and i know people will say like they'll criticize um like high end literary people will say the Catcher in the Rye is not that great of a book. It's really a book for someone who's 16 or 17. And yet, books when you read that you read between the ages of 15 and 21 really do form the way you look at the world. Absolutely. So really, yeah, it's really the most important. I mean, if I, if I could have my books popular by any group of people and like loved by any group of people, it really would be people who are like smart senior in high school or interesting freshman in college because I think that's the most meaningful yeah. time to read a book. And that you're right. Those are the guys that are going to put on the road in their back pocket, carry it around like it's a Bible for a while, and now uh, base the rest of their life on that book that they read at that time. But if you read on the, on the road and you're 45, you're like, oh, this guy... There's a lot of other things he could have done. Yeah. You know, he kind of ripped off Moriarty at the end. Yeah, or just sort of, you know, uh, when you're younger, um, the practicality of things is a smaller issue. Mm-hmm. You, 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 uh, I, I always think an interesting example. Remember when the movie Reality Bites came out? Yeah. And I remember when reviews of this, this was like 1994, this movie was on. Uh, and, uh, when Nona Ryder's character has to choose between these two characters, one is played by Ethan Hawke, and he's sort of like this the, kind of this rocker, slacker, loser, and the other guy is more responsible. And any time an older person watches that movie, they think it's insane that she doesn't pick the more responsible person. But for the person that film was actually directed toward, the obvious person to go with yeah. is sort of the intense sort of relationship she has with the guy going nowhere. So, Yeah, and that is... Uh like you said, it's totally obvious at the time when you see that. And as years are gone, you're like, that kid is kind of a dick and he treats her like shit. Mm. Why does she dig him at all? You get into something in this, though, uh, I'll give this away at least, of what is a person really like? And mm-hmm. it had me thinking quite a bit that one of the things that he believes that is a person is who he truly is, is when no one else is around. Well, that's, you know, that, that you're totally right about this in the context mm. of the book. Of course, the character in this story is also very confused. And the thing that he is confused about is he has the idea that a person is only themselves when they're not sort of around anyone else. They're not reacting to other any stimuli. They're actually anxiety-free and relaxed and being who they are. And I guess um, uh, emotionally I understand that. I kind of agree with that. But intellectually, the only way to understand someone is through them talking. So, you know, you you, uh, you can't really, the only way to get inside someone's mind is to have them sort of interpret what they're kind of thinking about. So, the thing is, in the book, 
The character is constantly trying to watch people when they're alone, thinking he's learning all these important things, but in fact, you learn much more about him through his interviews with the therapist. Right. Yeah. What do you think about therapy itself? I, I, let me also say this. I don't know if I get all your views mm-hmm. in this. I don't know whether you, I, I doubt very much that you're speaking through the characters uh, for your own personal views. Well, you know, it's weird because I, I've done a lot of first-person nonfiction writing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, once you do that, people kind of read all your work in that way. A friend of mine read this book, and he said, well, you know, when I started reading it, I assumed you were the therapist, and now I'm at the end, I realize you're the invisible man. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm fucking both. I wrote it, but I'm not really either. Right. I mean, that's the thing that I like right about doing novels as opposed to nonfiction is that if you write nonfiction, anything you say is going to be attached to you. You can't kind of bring up a thought problem without people saying this is what he's interested in or that's what he believes but in a novel I can just have characters say things that are interesting even if I don't necessarily agree with them yeah yeah uh, does it feel different having finished a novel than a work of your nonfiction I mean is there a thing of a novelist is better to say than a collection of essays well you feel it's a little more comfortable to finish because when you finish a nonfiction book and it gets closer to publication, inevitably, because, you know, especially because I rock, write about you know, rock music and sports mm-hmm. and film and stuff, I find myself wishing I could go back and slightly adjust the ideas. Like, maybe I will write something about Stephen Malkmus or something, and then, as I've listened to the music more and thought about it more, I find myself thinking, like, well, that point's not exactly perfect. I wish I could rewrite that, but now it's too late. A novel, you're actually done. Like right. when I finished the book, it's like I don't. I would have no desire to go back and rewrite any section of this book, but I, I if I could rewrite every one of my nonfiction books, I would. Everything that you've ever done, you, you Not, because your own opinions kind of change and. Well, I would just make adjustments. I wouldn't re- rewrite them in totality, yeah. but there's certain. I mean, there's definitely things that I was at time has proven I was just wrong about. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote at the time and I believed it, and and uh, but. History has proven that my hypothesis was incorrect, you know. Now, uh, Grantland, of course, uh, has gotten so much um, talk about it. The fact that there that you can watch ESPN and see commercials for a website still blows my mind. That's weird. But you started, you know, writing for magazines and stuff. The fact that you write for a website and you can start getting reader response immediately... Does that change the way that you write? Does it become more of a conversation with the with the readers? To be totally honest, it makes it less fun. That's yeah. the biggest change. I mean, the, the thing is, when you write for newspapers or magazines, you would kind of put all this time into it, and then it would exist, and you sort of like, well, okay, if somebody has a response to this, and that's totally great if they do, well, they have to kind of do the same thing. They have to do a, de- a degree of, uh, they have to put themselves in a position where they can publish sort of the counter idea. Online, people just, not only can people respond immediately, they tend to respond without actually even reading what you've written. That's really interesting. Because there's there's a large, and I don't want to sound too critical of this because this is just how the way the world is now, but there... I'm. I was surprised. I've become. I've been surprised by the large amount of people who sort of look at media as something that they want to personally respond to. They don't really look at it as something as a way to understand the world or learn about the world or think about ideas. They really want to be involved directly in the process. And uh, so I try not to. Like on Grantland, I think that there's a way to comment 
on our stories on Facebook, and I just try not to look at them because I, I find it to be a very disenchanting process, and I think it's probably negative for writing because you can't think about your reader when you're writing. It just doesn't work, you know? I mean, it's different. Like in radio, how do you, do you imagine the people listening to this show? Or no, do I never do. So who, so who in your mind, when you're talking into the microphone, who do you sort of, in, uh, in, in, do you imagine the person hearing it? I never do. I normally just imagine the people in front of me at the time. Now, guys that do music radio have always said, I need to think about the uh, person doing that. Or when you're doing a straight like political talk, you try to imagine, like I'm sure Rush Limbaugh has what he thinks is the mm -hmm. straight. But when you're doing a freeform type thing, I think you, it's almost like they have to be a fly on the wall or else they're calling in and you're talking to them directly. I mean, yeah, I just try to write for essentially a fake version of myself. Like what I would like to read mm -hmm. if I could find this book or find this article or whatever. I'm really just sort of writing to not myself but to a version of myself. I don't find any other way to do it. I feel every time you try to predict the audience it ends up seeming fake to people. Like they can really re people are very sophisticated when it comes to being able to sense um, the reality of the author or the speaker or whatever, you know? So it's almost selfish, like, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because it's like if uh, a real a band that I tend to like will be like, I want to express my own thing, not try to write a hit song. When you try to write a hit song, uh, it's one of the hardest things in the world to do because you really do come off sounding fake. Well, it, but at the same time, there's been countless people who did it. I mean, Paul McCartney and John Lennon would sit down and say, like, let's write a swimming pool. And basically, mm -hmm. let's write a song to buy swimming pools. You know, uh, Brian Wilson did this. There's a lot of people who can do this very well. The people who, um, you know, who create songs for like Britney Spears and stuff, they've almost taken it to this new tier where they, they, the only things they kind of think about is what things translate immediately or the people who write for Rihanna or whatever. Writing is a little different than that. I mean, it's like, to me, there's a big difference between writing and publishing. I love writing, and publishing is very anxiety-ridden and weird and uncomfortable, but in order to have a life as a writer, you have to publish. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, just waiting for the response, you mean? Waiting to know how things are going to do? That's the part well, of the publishing part? No, I mean, the part that's hard is just, I mean, okay, sort of the idea that this thing that was very important to you, but also important only to you for a year. No one else was like, when I wrote this book, no one else saw it. I had. I would just go to this office and write, and it was a totally intimate thing that had no involvement. I mean, intimate's a weird word to use, but just like there wasn't anyone else involved. And now it's coming out, so now it's like the only thing that matters is other people's responses. Right. Now the reviews and the sales and all these things that go with it, that's going to sort of become the focus of my life in terms of my relationship with my editor and my publicist and my agent and all these things. And I have to go and I, I do these interviews and, I, mm -hmm. and I'll do this one, I'll do another one right after it. And, you know, and that's that's a weird thing because... No one goes into writing for that part of it, I don't think. It's sort of like if you if you love music and you became a musician and then you had to do a lot of other things. Like you had to you know you had to you know make videos and do press and also deal with sort of your staff and touring and all that stuff. You might be good at it, you might be bad at it, but either way it was something that you didn't really think about as part of the job when you took it. Yeah. It's it literally becomes the job. Mm -hmm. The rest of it becomes the job. I was thinking too about you saying people, you know, uh, the fact that people can now just write back to you, like on Grantland and all. When I started in radio, uh, the internet wasn't really being used that much. 
and people would actually write their hate mail, put it in a letter, mm -hmm. send it to a station. It was so much more weight than getting a bad email. Uh, if you got hate mail, everybody would be like, well, we better look into this. Let's, you know, it, it meant something. Now if somebody writes up, you suck, blah, blah, blah. No, it, it gets deleted. It no longer means anything because you have to be a serious person to send something in the mail. Although I suppose there are some people who would argue it works both ways. In the sense that before, if you saw something in a newspaper or an alternative paper or a magazine or a book, you thought to yourself, and maybe you still do, that um, a lot of time and effort was placed into the production of this. But when you read things on the Internet and you realize that, well, if I can respond instantly, how do I know that this person didn't put 20 minutes into this mm -hmm. and just sort of write, you know, it's, it makes it seem less valid, I think, to a lot of people and gives them, makes them more comfortable responding immediately. And I'm not saying people shouldn't respond. I'm just saying it's a very weird experience because... I'm 39, so I this all changed right in the middle of my career. Right. I mean, from like, you know, I started writing in college in 90, got a newspaper job in 94. Up until about the year 2000 or 2001, it was very rare that people would even email you directly, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, when I started in newspapers, I didn't have an email account at my newspaper, you know. And now it's gone so far the other way that it's jarring. I don't know if for young people it's jarring. And I think for uh, maybe people older than me, they're not even interested. But I kind of feel right in the middle of this transition, you know? Yeah. And you feel like that's your transition. This is the kind of arc in your life for other people would have been like, if you were in the 50s, it was when Elvis popped on, you know. But this Internet thing, there's so many mm -hmm. businesses, no matter what business you talk to, they'll say immediately, well, the Internet has changed everything. Well, it's just, and not just that, think of it like this, okay. 20 years ago, if the phone rang, you didn't have caller ID, so you didn't know who was calling. And uh, you might not even have an answering device, so you just picked up the phone. Anyone you called, you knew if they were home, they would pick the phone up because it could be anybody. It could be you. It could be their mother. It could be their husband. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. Well, now at this point, no one answers a phone if they don't know who it is. They look at their phone to see what the caller ID is. If it's blocked, they just let it go to voicemail. In general, the assumption is that you're going to let most business calls go to voicemail and respond to the ones you want. So in 20 years, we went from a situation where pretty much 90% of communication was still talking to a point now where I would say less than 10% of communication is talking. Because email has replaced it, Twitter has replaced it, Facebook, and the idea that you don't need to respond to your phone. That's a pretty radical change in 20 years. Yeah. It's very weird because all the people that I work with, we only text each other. As to say, that's your private life. Your private life mm. is now for talking. Mm. Uh, and texting is the way business will be done. But, you know, also people in my family just text Oh yeah, you I mean, it's, if you get a if you get a handwritten letter from someone, before I would open the letter, my assumption would be something bad happened, <laughs> like somebody something ter like <laughs> someone has died, someone is, or, or they're telling me something really big. They like, can't tell you to your face. Yeah, like here. yeah, like like it would be a big deal. I yeah. don't, you know, I I just you just don't anticipate that anyone's going to write you by hand unless they're consciously trying to embed the thing with extra meaning. Uh, you write about therapy in this uh, a little bit, uh, and the therapist gets occasionally somewhat bored with the people who go in there. Have you ever done any therapy before? Or? Well, that's a very tricky question because, and I thought of this, I knew I would get asked about this when I, when I started promoting this book. If I say that I have, 
the assumption will be this experience somehow mirrors my experience. Right. If I say that I haven't, that would lead someone to argue, well, how does he know what this experience is like? It's this private, intimate thing. How could he? How would he be able to know what this experience is like? So I'm not answering that question. <laughs> that, that huh. quick, <laughs> here's why I'm not going to answer yeah. you. Uh, I love it, man. Do you, because the therapist, of course, doesn't come off the way therapists think of themselves. Exactly. Well, but it's the way I kind of think of some therapist friends of mine. The way I... <laughs> they're going to love if they hear that. The way, here's what I thought. This is my thinking on this. Okay, I said before, the guy who... you know, What kind of person would want to have the power of invisibility? It would be like a really smart, really narcissistic, self-absorbed person who sort of is so arrogant that they think it's their right to see other people's lives. Well, what kind of therapist would put up with that? Well, it would have to be somebody who's a little naive and mostly intimidated by people who express confidence. Mm. And that sort of, so I have these two principal characters. I don't know. I realize that if you want to be successful in writing fiction, you're supposed to write relatable characters. You want to create a character that the reader goes like, I, I feel like him or I feel like her. I don't know if anyone will do this with this book because right. one guy's a jerk and the other person's not very smart. <laughs> but that was the only way it could happen. Like, I, the main thing... I want my fiction to seem like journalism. Even if it's sci-fi like this, I want it to be as real as possible. And that was the only way I could imagine it would happen. A, a bad person talking to a naive person. And the vo- voyeuristic uh, aspect of it, which I think is the number one pastime now in America. I mean, I think that's why reality shows are so big and all. Uh, we constantly want to pull the curtain back no matter who it is. We constantly want to see private thoughts on Twitter. Um, has that changed, you think, throughout your lifetime, or is it... Uh- oh, well, it's definitely changed in the, one of the, you know, okay, in the late 90s, um, okay, reality TV became this dominant medium. What became the most popular form of nonfiction was memoir writing, which is basically an autobiography about an unfamous person. The internet started to emerge. The bar of celebrity went way down. Uh, the, the, you know what we could class what what a what a magazine or what TV would classify as a celebrity suddenly changed. But now, because that happened and it was so jarring, we're sort of moving back the other way. Now, when we watch reality television, no one thinks it's real. If you watch something like, you know, uh, the, you know the, the Basketball Wives or The Amazing Race, the assumption is that these people you're seeing are acting to a degree and that some of these situations are contrived. When you read someone's online profile, you read their Facebook updates, we no longer think that that's the person. We think that that is the person's construction of this other identity. So superficial voyeurism has probably went up, but no one really thinks it's real. The idea that we're can actually understand someone we're not any closer to that so our interest in that's never going to erode because there's just no way to see somebody else without thinking to yourself they are aware of being observed and because of that their behavior is different so who are we at what point do you decide this is who ron is this is who chuck really is or can we ever get to that point i think that there was probably a time that really predates us 18th century or the 19th century or something where there was the possibility that somebody could be living a life um, where the main purpose was just sort of, you know, 
for lack of a better term, survival, getting by, sort of, you know, that, that, uh, uh, maybe they were moving west and, and they were, you know, they, they really, they were alone in a really real way in the sense that not only were they alone, but if they died, no one would even care, you know. It's very difficult now. It's very difficult to be, to, to do anything without sort of the awareness that we're in a society. Um, and, I mean, I just kind of use myself as the gauge. I don't, I mean, am I really myself right now? I'm not really. I'm the, the version of myself who goes on radio. So I'm trying to be as authentic as possible, but I can tell I'm being fake. Mm. I mean, I can tell part of this is fake. I wouldn't talk like this if I had just run into you at a bar. Yeah. But, you know, there's that Vonnegut line that we become who we pretend to be, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which I think about all the time when I'm looking in the service industry that we've come down to this place that people are constantly working at service jobs or else going somewhere else to be served and at some point someone you know the same person that you are bringing food to is going to be taking care of you at kinko's and we've kind of moved around where we're all just being served by each other well i did it when i worked at spin magazine i did a story on you too mm-hmm and I was with Bono in Ireland. And at one point, when we're, we're like leaving the studio, there's all these kids hanging out. I think the kids might have been from Switzerland or Sweden or something. And they were hanging out by U2 studio. And for whatever reason, Bono stops the car, gets out to talk to them. I'm still in the car. And all of a sudden, the kids are in the car. He decides he's going to give them a ride to the hotel. He puts... Uh, the, the unreleased U2 album in and sings along with it. And these kids, their mind is blown, right? So I'm wondering now, is this real? Is this uh, fake? Uh, is it fake because I'm here and he knows a reporter is here? And, you know, I started thinking about all my encounters with Bono and how they all seemed a little bit fake, and yet they all seem that way. Which means if he is fake all the time, that is who he is. Right. That is, and it's it's totally real then, you know? I mean, he seems like somebody and he acts like someone who's always being observed. And because such a huge part of his life is, I think he has adopted that. So, this idea that we are who we pretend to be, that's totally true, particularly if you pretend to be that person all the time. Yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is, he pro his celebrity is so big that he has to put on the Bono cloak. That you well, know, he, I mean, he knows he it's a big deal in everyone's yeah. life. Well, it's odd because the other guys in U two aren't like that, right? And when you talk to the other guy, you guys in U two about this, you know, you, you know, I, I asked them directly after this encounter. I was talking to their drummer, and I was like, you know, this happened. Now, is there any part of this encounter of him picking up random strangers, pulling them in the car, <laughs> singing to them? Is there any part of that? Do you think? was uh, fake. And the drummer essentially said, well, it's probably a little fake, but it's how he always is. Mm. So if you say someone is always fake, they're not fake anymore. You know, if somebody, is, if somebody has a different personality on Facebook than they are in real life, but Facebook becomes the most important aspect of their life. They spend, they get all, you know, all their friend interaction, maybe all their work networking, um, sort of all their enjoyment comes from that. Eventually, that character is who they are, more than the person who created it. And you've got to figure we're at the last generations who are even going to wrestle with that because the kids coming up, 
Facebook is just going to be as comfortable them as everything else. The one thing that will be, I think, that I'm wondering about, and maybe lots of people are, is that certainly seems true, right? Mm. So is there going to be a future generation who will have an adversarial relationship with that? The way, say, you know, you might meet somebody in the 80s who was really into... Bob Dylan's folk period and folk rock and Joni Mitchell and stuff like that and Joan Baez that they were consciously saying well this is normal so now I want to go back to this will mm. there be a kind of person who in 10 years is 15 and they're like Facebook is stupid it's stupid <laughs> that we do this I would rather only have interactions in a non-computerized non-digital way that will be interesting and will we even even weirder just have people who are just nostalgic for CompuServe like if we could just go back to those <laughs> Days. I That's think that already <laughs> exists. I think there's already people people who are interested in playing Atari and right. in television games. There is no way you can fucking argue that those games are more fun than the modern game. It really is only the relationship to when you were playing that. It was this new thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, I gotta let you go, man. Grantland.com to check out Chuck. And, of course, the... New book is out, and you need to pick up a novel, hang with it a couple days, turn off the computer for every once in a while, and just get inside this. Oh, uh, it's a short book. It's 240 pages. Yeah. Probably, you, don't gotta, you don't gotta check out for that long. <laughs> <laughs> the Visible Man. Thanks so much for coming in, man. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Don't fear no evil. No te tendré miedo al peligro. Because I'm walking with Jesus. Porque camino con Jesús. I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I shout with Jesus. I walk with Jesus. I stomp with Jesus. We stomp on the devil. We stomp on the show Chuck Closeman was just in with us for what was he up about half an hour or so mm-hmm. yep uh, I enjoyed talking to him I'll tell you what we're going to do tomorrow for uh, the new word the interrobang the interrobang the interrobang first person tomorrow the interrobang the show starts the interrobang tells us what an interrobang is the interrobang wins a signed copy of chuck klosterman's book which book do we got there fezzy uh we got sex drugs and cocoa puffs the interrobang that is his biggest the interrobang that is his biggest yep Ix, would you rather be like uh, a writer like him, mm-hmm. a journalist, or would you rather be doing talk radio and just fucking around? The fucking around part's pretty fun. I still think if you're carrying that book around, say, here's my work, <laughs> I'd love to do it. And I want him to say, no, I'd rather be a novelist yeah. than a guy who writes nonfiction. Uh, first responders uh, jump on it, I'm sure, 202 Friends, which we also need to get rid of that name, 202 Friends. It doesn't make any sense at all. The Interrobang. We need a name. The Interrobang. Somewhere we've got to find a name. The Interrobang. A name that makes sense to us. The Interrobang. For 202 Friends. Um, Brad, you're on the Run and Fest show. Brad, we lost you?
Oh, no, I'm here. Hey, uh, what's the uh, phone number for the Piedmont Triad in North Carolina? Well, the Triad, let me look that up here. All right, it's a 1-866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What about if I go to the uh, Research Triangle Park in North Carolina? That one will be 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. I also I want to remind you not to uh, talk on the phone while you drive. The Interrobang. The Interrobang. The Interrobang. First people in the morning. The Interrobang. First call. The Interrobang. That knows what Interrobang is. The Interrobang. Pick up a signed Chuck Losterman book. Huge. And then we will also have... A, let's say, ninth caller who gives out tomorrow's... The Interrobay. The Interrobay. We'll win a prize. Do we have that one picked out yet, Fezzi, or we're going to make that a surprise? We'll make that a surprise. Okay. That's right, mystery. So during that uh, Cl- Chuck Klosterman, no time for you guys to look it up. Uh, he tried to figure out why you were playing a pavement song. And I said, Hicks said that you did a song... Uh, did an article about pavement. In GQ, yeah. yeah. One time in your life. Uh, by the way, I did remember the U2 story. Okay. <laughs> and I actually thought at the time, and this was pretty early on in Chuck's career, because I don't remember him thinking of him as Chuck then. Yeah. I thought, well, this is kind of dickish for him to say. Who cares? The guy's just doing something nice for kids and it's fun. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to be the the kind of shit you're supposed to do in front of a fucking journalist in front of the press make a fucking spectacle uh interrobang tomorrow know the meaning the interrobang the interrobang by the way first responders might help us get some more uh writers out there and get the word out if you do the nice first responding to Chuck Klosterman. Oh, it's nice positive. You don't read it off as not even articles? You don't like to read an article? No. No, I just, I cannot stay focused on the words. So that's why I'm always seeing you with those picture kind of magazines, like the Us magazines and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the Us weeklies, because it's really small captions and a lot of photos. It's weird that you got into news then. It's strange that you became the newsman for us. When you don't even like to read an article, and it may be why you're confused sometimes when you try to explain that article to us. Maybe I don't know. Could Randy, piece of it. Uh, big ass three hundred seven, buddy. Oh, buddy. Hoo-ah! Just wanted to give you a, a quick spy report. Uh, the first show of the spy fourth report. season yeah. has been axed. It's uh, Playboy Club on NBC. Oh. oh, that would have been my guess. That was my guess to get axed. I mean, it was just not worth it. It was doing poor in the ratings. It was getting advertisers, uh, leaving it left and right, and uh, bye-bye. Some Brian Williams show is coming in to replace it. He's going to have a one-hour primetime show. He's got, like, a news magazine with, like, Meredith Vieira and stuff on it, I believe. Yeah, it's going to be all, yeah, all across. They, they didn't plan to do that until, like, uh, a little bit earlier than mid-season, but they had to push it up because of how bad uh, it was doing. hope they have some scripts for news so they can get that out there. Uh, probably, but uh, they they it's it's fluff. Okay. So they'll. Find you know what I would have replaced it with? The Interrobang. The Interrobang. The Interrobang. All right, I, I, buddy. Works for me. Uh, see ya. 
Keep me updated with the cancellations. Not a problem. You'll be the first to know. Uh, and I did not catch Terra Nova last night. I forgot all about it. <laughs> I missed uh, it. Did you see it, Fez? I've, I've got it DVR'd. Well, is there any way for me to get back and try one more time? Oh, I'm sure there is. Well, how? I mean, is that one of the shows that's on demand? Hulu, maybe. Oh, I got a Hulu and watch it sitting there on the fucking computer. I love it. I wish I was back to the days of CompuServe when some things in life was so much easier. <laughs> Prodigy, when they had a war. It was like AOL versus Prodigy and CompuServe. It was great. Next day, ne- damn it. Boy, I'm trying to remember one that I signed up for, and I think I got it free when I got my first Mac. Yeah. And it was like Apple World or something. What? And I mean, there was almost nobody there. <laughs> and what was another one where the chat rooms where they would all be like comic strips talking? What the fuck? I don't remember yeah. that at all. Comic? What? You would be, like, you're in a chat room as a comic character. I remember mine was Baghead. A guy with just a bag <laughs> over his head. Try to go to the images for Baghead and see who did it. I d- that may have been... Uh, it might have been Macworld? I don't know. We can pick that up tomorrow, too. Um, Mr. Charlie, you're on a Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Fez, what would you have done if you didn't get in the radio? Oh, I'm not sure. I I probably would have been a farmer. A farmer? What would you have farmed? What would you like to produce? Your mother. Why oh. did you say that when oh. the guy was just... Fez, some people are just trying to start conversations with you. You can't farm people. See, I don't think they are. Majors. How would you know? Did he say anything wrong? No, but I can feel it coming. Mm. Ew. Ask me what I what I would have done if I wasn't a radio. What would you have done if you didn't go into radio? Farmed your mother. Oh, oh shit. shit! Why are you gonna do that, Ron? He's mother. just asking Damn. you a question. She got plowed, son. Interrobang. The Interrobang. The Interrobang. First caller to tell us what does it mean tomorrow. See you guys in the flip. Anything else we need to promote for tonight? No. Then let me push this button, and that'll be the end of our day. Uh oh, this freaks me out. What's that? I just looked over on 202 Friends. 202 Friends is finally getting a new name. Oh, shit. Do not be afraid when you see a new name in your Twitter feed. Oh, God. Above all, do not panic. I don't know, though. Holy shit. This is fucking world shattering. When is that going to happen? When is that shit going down? That we do not know. Oh, God. Who knows? It's fucking exciting. Derek said, isn't all change bad? <laughs> no. Mars versus Danny. Round two. Tomorrow. On the shit show. With Sam Roberts. Uh, that's the end of my show. Dog. Oh.